Aloha. My name is Mr. Han. I have but one question for you. Can you attend my class? It is for your own good, and if you can't make it, I can make you. This guy's been stoned since third grade. Yes? Yeah, I'm registered in this class. What class? This is U.S. history. See the globe right there. Really? Hey. <laughs> Better come in? Oh, please. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell oh, ring and all my kids are not here. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. Yeah, I know that, dude. Mr. Spicoli. That's the man that gave me. He's ripping my car. Yeah. Hey, bud, what's your problem? No problem at all. I think you know where the front office is. You dick! Uh, two minutes and 38 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming by and making it uh, part of your listening day. It is uh, the whole thing. Where my... Uh... I'm sorry, I'm trying to find my, my audio files here. All right, thank you. Uh, here we are live in the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I am he. Thank you for uh, being here. It is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. Okay, I can't wait to play this. Can you pop down the music for a second? Let me just... Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. Emerson! <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. Awesome. That's real. Slurtastic. He did it this oh, morning. He did it this morning. I want to hear it again. Okay, let's play it again. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> Just dissolves into into spittle at the end. That truly is wonderful. All right. Excellent. You know, we have Scotty the Jay to thank for that. I'll miss him. Scotty the Jay and there's no shame. Seriously? Well, because I was so... Uh, it's not that I'm trying to be cooler than the room, but I'm very conscious of not being... I don't want... I, I, I hate to be a hoverer. That's my thing. Scotty has no such hang-ups. Like, I don't ever want to be the good at Ozzy. Can I get a picture with the whole... Come on! You know, and I don't... Sarah I, Wagner and I are going to do it next, because he's coming back through town in like a month. Because, and, you know, but you know what I'm talking about. Where you, There'll be somebody of note in the studio. And again, it's not like I'm trying to be cooler than I am, but I am conscious of not being... Well, you want to respect an, them, because you know that they get attacked like that. Because everywhere the they go, the guy, people just want to touch the hem of his garment like he's Jesus, and you know, I don't want to be another guy doing that. You know what was exciting for me was if you've seen like the Osborne show, and you see all the handlers and all the people in their life, like right. all of them were here. All there. Like his personal assistant and like every like his tour manager and everything, they were yep. all staying in the hallway. I recognized all of them. Yep. It's, uh, it That's is, super cool. It's kind of a brain trip uh, when you do that. Uh, it is, and I've... 
you know, it's not like I'm a big uh, celebrity player or something. But I, you know, I met my my share of whoever, especially like rock stars and stuff. And, and it's it is kind of it sort of breaks your brain when you see when you see somebody that you are used to just only experiencing through the television, and then you see them in real life. Well, here's a dumb example, like even Tina Yathers, uh, who we had in the old studio, and and that was 20 years after I quit caring about her, and she didn't look anything like she did uh, on the television when I was growing up. But even seeing Tina Yathers, it just sort of like you can't. I will tell you this, even now, I cannot quite process the fact that we had Peter Chris on the show, uh, whatever that was, last month, two months ago. Do you realize in the course of, I don't mean to be all about us, but in the course of 90 days, we have talked to Peter Chris, uh, Ozzy Osbourne said my name about an hour ago, and then we had that thing with Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. It's just the whole thing is just complete. I got to play this one more time. Hold on, let me just. Uh... Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hilarious. It just is. Oh, excellent. Uh, is that thing posted on your blog, that picture of him? Uh, yeah, I'm posting it right now. You go to uh, Sarah Dillon's blog, you'll see a photo of Ozzy Osbourne taken through the window. of the. He, and he was... Let me just stop and get a hold of ourselves here. Hi, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is uh, Tuesday. It's 503 So here's the deal. And I didn't even know he was going to be in the studio today. And I will explain how that all came to be in a second. Let me just give you a chronological uh, breakdown of this morning and how it came to be that Ozzy Osbourne said my name. So... I'm just sitting in the office upstairs this morning because we are we have an upstairs and a downstairs. I'm upstairs just doing my whatever, answering my email, doing my crap, and Tim comes bolting up the stairs. Ozzy Osbourne is downstairs right now. I said, "What? Why?" And he goes, "Ozzy Osbourne, he's here. He's downstairs as we speak." Well, that's good. Yeah, but hapless things. I wasn't. I was sort of under caffeinated, and I I didn't really process what you were saying. Oh. Like it didn't really. I sort of heard it, and then I thought. It's not that I thought you were mistaken, but I thought, well, maybe he's going to be downstairs, or there's an Aussie impersonator downstairs. Like, I didn't really, the information didn't really compute all the way through my head. And then about five minutes after Tim leaves my office, I, we started typing, and I said, well, what? Did he? It was it was really like the longest, dumbest, delayed reaction ever. Literally, you came up and told me Ozzy was here, and then you left. And then about five minutes later, I just stopped my typing, and I went, hold on now. But I, I figured you respond in your own time. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to double check. It was like when you have something waiting in your email outbox, and it hasn't quite sent. It's just sort of idling there for a while. Uh-huh. I think that's how it was. It was sort of in some it was some sort of mental purgatory inside my head where my you know the little gnomes inside my brain that process information hadn't quite gotten to it yet. So I immediately pick up the phone and I text Sarah and I'm like, hey, Ozzy Osbourne's right here. And Sarah immediately calls me and says, no effing way! I'm telling everybody I know! <laughs> I know and I never post MySpace bulletins. I'm like, Ozzy Osbourne's sitting 10 feet away from me. So I can I, brag about that. Yeah, I mean, so I come down the, uh, I come down the stairs and uh, again, and I'm always kind of conscious of not being a guy who sort of lingers around and, you know, because, you know, he just gets that everywhere he goes. You, you, you kind of don't, don't want to be that guy. But at the same time... You want to be that guy. At the same time, yeah, you have, you have two things. Your warring impulses are, A, you don't want to be some, uh, you know, some lingering fanboy. He's, like, you know, trying to get a strand of his hair or something as he, uh, you know, as he walks by. On the other hand, you realize, A, 
even if you work, uh, you know, in radio or even if you work for a big company, how many times in your life are you going to get to meet Ozzy Osbourne? And secondly, you also realize he won't remember this five minutes after he leaves the studio. Mm-hmm. And that's not as specific to Ozzy, although it may be more prevalent in his case. But you he may be listening right now. You know, he's going to get down the road. He's not going to remember me. He won't remember saying my name it, by lunchtime. I will be but a foggy memory to him. Um... Anyway, so I come downstairs, and everybody's sort of lingering around, and as it turns out, they are, uh, Marconi is interviewing Ozzy, this was this morning, was interviewing Ozzy in this room that is right next to us. Uh, we share a window with it. So Sarah <laughs> okay, does the greatest <laughs> thing. She leans right in, and she takes a photograph through the window with her cell phone of Ozzy, which is great. Um, so the interview wraps up. And there's, you know, people kind of queuing in to sort of try to get a photograph with him. And then uh, he had to bail because he was on his way to somewhere else. Because he's not even playing here. That's the thing. is, I, it, That is so rad for Bozik because he just liked him when he met him yeah. before. And so he just decided to pick this station, that, or, you know, KFO. Because Ozzy and Rob Zombie are on tour together. And I was sort of like, well, God, I thought that wasn't until November. Maybe I'm just asleep at the wheel or something. Uh, but it turns out that it actually is not until November. But, yeah, Ozzy was traveling uh, up the coast in a bus doing some other stuff. And he was actually... Just such a fan of Bozik over at KUFO. He's like, I'll just stop in and say hello. So literally, for no readily apparent reason, except that he likes us, uh, CBS, Ozzy just pulled his tour bus over in front of the studio. It was like a full-on, almost famous moment. Nuts. He just pulled his tour bus onto First Avenue this morning, got out, and just walked into the station today. I'm Ozzy. I'm here to talk to Dan Bozik. And Dave's in his, of course you are. I'll get him right now, Mr. Osborne. And there you go. So there's a there's Ozzy Osbourne right next door. Let me just hi. This is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> and so here is how that though came to be, because he's packing up. He's getting getting ready to, to take off again to go off to do whatever it is, you know, have high tea or whatever it is that Ozzy does in the middays. And Scotty comes in, and Scotty's like, "You have to get him on the show today." And I'm like, "You know, it's he's already taken off. He's, you know, I don't want to nag him. He's he's, he's moving on." Scotty's like, "Okay, well, we're totally going to have him say something for the Rick Emerson show." And this is the thing that makes Scotty great. And this really, because this is Scotty's last week with the program, and so this is one. Scott of the, does that do anything? The average person wouldn't do anything. No, that's not Scotty. Scotty, the thing I will miss most about Scotty is his shamelessness. He just has no mm-hmm. sense of boundaries or propriety. He has no sense of what is appropriate or anybody's sort of personal space. Um, and I said, you know, don't don't be another guy going in and you know, you know I don't want to have him make him voice something. And he's like, no, 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 you he's voicing something. <laughs> and he's right. And Scotty picks up a piece of paper and shoves it at me. And he's like, write something down right now. And I'm like, uh, okay. And suddenly Scotty was in charge. And I just sort of went. Scotty in charge. Okay. And so I wrote down, you know, hi, this is the Rick Emerson show. And then we originally wrote that last Emerson to be like the uh, Sharon, you know, but it was going to be you know, Emerson, but. I didn't have time to write stage directions. So I just gave it to Scotty, who gave it to Big Jim for the Marconi show. And Big Jim and Marconi, a uh, big thanks to them, because they put it in front of Ozzy, who's the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he uh, voiced it. So. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson. <laughs> That's terrific. So thank you, Scotty J. We have Scotty to thank for that, and then Ozzy... Uh, and then he transformed into a bat and flapped off into the ether. So, fantastic. I will say this, this... The other reason that I was not all um, that I was not all agog to get my photo taken with Ozzy is I was actually lucky enough to meet him some years back. I met him oh, on the No More Tears that. tour. Yeah, in 1991, oh, I met him. 
He, uh, when I was working in Washington State, he, and it was the same thing. Doug, you said a couple years ago, you realized 1991 was 16 I, years Bozik, ago, I right? Bozik and I were talking about the same thing. I'm like, yeah, I met him a few years back on the No More Tears tour, and Bozik's like, dude, that was 16 years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, I'm old. Uh, but it was the same thing then, actually, where... Now, we might as well just plunge into this, because I'll tell this Aussie story, and then we'll do all the introductions and everything. I, I want to get this out of the way. Um, years ago, I was working at this rock station, and the night guy kept getting these phone calls from listeners going, Dude, I just saw Aussie. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Because there was no reason for Aussie to be in Spokane. None. Zero. And the night guy, though, kept getting these phone calls from listeners on their request. I was like, I just saw Ozzy at the, at the milk bottle. And the milk bottle is this big diner that looks like a gigantic old bottle of milk. And, it, and uh, dude, I saw Ozzy riding a motorcycle up, uh, up up Front Street, you know, or whatever it was in Spokane, you know, up Sprague. And, and this guy kept saying, you know, Ozzy's not in Spokane. Quit calling me. And, of course, Ozzy was in Spokane. They were there doing, a, they had rented out the Spokane uh, Coliseum or whatever it is to rehearse. Nobody was invited. They weren't selling tickets. No, 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 the public wasn't allowed. They were just renting out that arena to rehearse for his tour. And so finally, we, we verified that Ozzy was in Spokane that night. The guy gives out the, you know, he's like, Ozzy, if you're out there, you got to come by. Sure enough, about 20 minutes later, knock at the front door of the studio, and it's Ozzy's tour manager with Ozzy. And I was at home listening to the station, and I heard the entire thing. And the guy's like, hey, Ozzy Osbourne just stopped by the show here at Rock 109 or whatever. And then I'm like, I am totally there. And I run out of my apartment. I jump into my Ford Escort. And I drive it like 100 miles an hour to the radio station. I get in there, and it, it was so cool. It was like the most low. It was just the night guy and Ozzy and Ozzy's, you know, tour manager. And then I showed up. And I'm all sweaty, and I look like crap because I've just bolted from my, my studio apartment and my piece of crap car all the way to the station. And I swear to you, this is true. In the room where we did the interview with Ozzy, this is back in 91, it, there was an aquarium with a gerbil. And I swear to you, as God is my witness, the first thing that Ozzy did when he walked in was to pick up the gerbil and bring it right up to eye level. And go. And he had the gerbil about an inch away from his face. And he kind of went, what do we have here? And we were like, no, Ozzy! And I, it, it was like it was all going to go bad for a moment. There was an instant where it looked like it was, there was going to be an incident. But he was the greatest guy. And apparently he was uh, just as cool today. And because I have, as I have often said, and we've all kind of had these experiences now where we've, we've met folks. And I, Sarah, when you were at KNRK, you did. Where when you meet some band that has just had their first hit, they're always just a-holes. Always. You meet some band, they've just had their first hit, and they're just dicks. As a rule, a Lovely. band that has just had their first taste of success, they're just they're just bastards, all of them. Because they the all think they're Elvis. over the years with, uh, with Jeremy, and it's funny to see Brandon Flowers' transformation, because I met him first after they had that first right. hit. Yeah, that guy's just a pretentious so he's, ass. Yeah, yeah he's, just a, he's just a just a, a complete prick. And you're just... Because they, yeah, they all think that they're Led Zeppelin, you know, after they've had that one hit. But as a rule as well, the corollary to that is, whenever I have met somebody who is really big, who is very famous, they are always the coolest guys on Earth. I mean, an Ozzy Osbourne, who is a, you know, a legend, an icon, you know, fantastically wealthy and famous, probably one of the top ten, probably one of the top five most famous living rock stars in the world today, he's sitting in a radio studio over there just voicing whatever somebody shoves in front of him on a piece of paper. Hi, reference the Rick Emerson Show, a guy you've never heard of. Okay. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson. <laughs> I mean, how great is that? The answer, it's the greatest thing ever. Nothing could be greater. No, it's true. So that's all, Scotty. Thank you, Scotty J, for your shamelessness. Yes, Scotty J. So that's the story of how we met Ozzy Osbourne this morning. All right.
And by the way, don't feel bad you didn't get a picture. Our general manager didn't get a picture either. I got my little Stockerossi picture. And he runs like the whole joint and he didn't get a photo. Yeah, you got one through the window, though. He was actually, because, um, you know, I don't get to see Mark Whalen very much, and I always get kind of nervous when I see him. I'm standing yeah. in the kitchen, like, making my Easy Mac, and he's looking at me through the window, and he's like, did you see? And he's pointing towards the thing, and he looked so excited. I've never seen him like that. He I'm wanted like, to get oh, it for his Christmas card. He wanted Aww. to. He wanted it to be like on this most sacred of holidays, you know. Hey, Merry Christmas from Mark Whalen and the Hussey Osborne. <laughs> like Mark Whalen, who is, you know, he's got the suit and tie and the, you know, the, the very corporate look going on today. He came in the Prince of uh, MFing Darkness. Oh, this Christmas cards. Who wants to see the Ozzy Osborne artifact that I collect? Oh, I do. Oh, I know what it is. Do you know what it is? I heard you guys talking. I know what it is. Okay, I won't reveal it quite yet. Then down here, I managed to find it. Are you sure that they aren't just messing with you? No, no, no. No, that uh, Marconi told me, and you know what? That that guy fancies that guy does like a wind up, as they say, that every now and again. But he had his voice had the ring of truth when he described it. When he was he went the way that he described it, I could tell that it was the absolute truth. So I immediately went. I, it's going to go right next to my Gene Simmons guitar pick. I'm, I no. won't give anything away. No, it's great. Uh, all right, we're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. Hello. And yeah, we've already described everything today. Blah, blah, blah. SarahXDillon.com to see the uh, stocktastic photo of Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, I wish it wasn't so blurry. The great thing is, though, it, well, but it looks but real. That's tell. the thing. You can yeah. tell it's him. I mean, it's so weird that he is one of those guys, whether it's conscious or not, and he probably has some sort of stylist or somebody who has decided on his look over the years that's helped him sort of, because he's very identifiable. It's the straight hair. And the Howard Stern glasses you know, and the about, cross. I was impressed with his hair. He still had, yeah. like, thick, lustrous, like, man hair. Well, you know my whole thing about that, that there is some weird secret special injection they give rock stars. Has to be, because that was real. They take you into a room and they... Well, Alice Cooper's the same way. I've never met him, but, I mean, I know a bunch of people who've interviewed him, and they're like, that hair is totally real. You know? it's There's some weird stem cell that they, that they get access to that the rest hmm. of us are denied. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, by the way, coming up today, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastamov, James Roop, who will talk to us about uh, Madonna and Britney Spears. Uh, Scotty J's last week is this week. We'll bid him a farewell on Friday. So today, top five goodbye songs. The top five goodbye songs today. Clergy Watch, Geek Watch, uh, so forth. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. So that dirty bomb thing is going on. A Tacoma woman will get three months for posting that ad on Craigslist, inviting everyone to come on over to her aunt's house and take whatever you want. Really? They did, though. A Newburgh man with amnesia is missing. Brittany turns herself into the police in Van Nuys. Florida police arrested the naked tickler. 42,000 pounds of lean cuisine block a highway. Girls who post their pictures online are likely to get unwanted encounters with strangers. And Ozzy Osbourne growls at Scotty J. Fred, does Scotty meet him? Scotty said yes when he came in the door. Oh, that's fantastic. He exchanged a couple sentences with him. Excellent. That is wonderful. Okay. Uh, well, well, let's get this out of the way first. So that Operation Top-Off thing, is, it impacted me. Now, I did ride my bike today, but I didn't see... I, bike. I see you. I'm, oh, man. Cause Traffic didn't seem any worse than normal to me. I mean, it was bad, but it's always bad. They set an old broken-down bus on fire. At, out of PIR? Yeah. You know, Dennis Pitsenbarger was out there this last weekend doing an auto show, and they were setting it up, and apparently when he was driving in to set up for the Miles Around show at PIR, which is where they're doing this whole top-off thing, he said he took the wrong turn at one point down a road, and a bunch of, like, FBI guys jumped in front of his car, and they were like, what are you doing? And he said, I'm here for a car show, and they just turn around! And I guess I guess they meant business. I guess it was a lot of machine guns and hard, hard stairs. Uh, so, all right. Um, well, lots of email to get to and so forth. Uh, before we do anything else, let's, uh, with the whole thing. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me. 
Good morning, Metolius. Uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Our intrepid PA and Ozzy Osbourne stalker, Scotty J. Hello. Well, a big, huge good morning, a gigantic hello to Manzanita. I don't think that's a city in Oregon. It is. It's is on it? the coast. I Manzanita, thought it was an yeah. island somewhere where they... Uh, I thought a Manzanita people. was an apple. No, that's a Macintosh. Not a Spanish apple. Are talking about Mandarin? No. That's an orange. No, no, that's a type of Chinese. Well, it is a real city. No, they're Mandarin oranges. Really? Yeah. Okay. They're well, Satsumas. I actually had a request for that city, so we're getting city requests. From Manzanita? <laughs> yeah. I thought Manzanita was where the most danger, the mo- dangerous game, the most, uh, the, the most dangerous game took place. That story, that the the story with that Rainsford guy. Well, whatever. How are you, Scotty? Doing great. Well, thank you for your stalking of Ozzy Osbourne this morning, and for your just irrepressible insistence that he voiced the liner. Oh, you're welcome. Because I didn't want to be, you know, I, I didn't want to bother him, and you're like, no, 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 bother him, write it down. Somebody has to be that guy for you, Rick. No, it is true. You are completely without you, Scotty. Once you're gone, there's going to be nobody here to be abrasive and obnoxious, and I mean that in the best possible well, way. Put it down on the piece of paper as must be relentless. <laughs> it must, must, <laughs> must have absolutely no respect for personal. Right. of others. <laughs> yes, Scotty, are you going to help us try and find your replacement? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you really care a lot. There's, there's several Scotty clones out there. That's the There'll sound be no of, problem. No, we can't clone you, though. Concern. We have to find something completely different from you, because it's just going to be bad if we try to find someone <laughs> like you. We try to find somebody like you that's going to... We need anymore. to find, like, a somebody, lesbian female... Somebody that can spell. Yes, attention, Laura Klein. That's that's the old. Those are the only people we're looking for. Are uh, yes. Maybe we do need Let's a lady. lay it out right now, and let's be sure to ask on the air right now that they all be. Uh, what is that list of questions that you're not supposed to ask? I think there's probably one of those around somewhere. How old are you? It's a whole list of. Is that can that's, you can you not that's ask one that? of them? No, you can't ask that. All right. I think Scotty's just making. And you can't up. ask them, you know, what their. You know, sexual preferences as far as gender is concerned. And I, I swear to God, they're going to say cup, cup, cup size. And I don't. What? <laughs> I think you can ask that, actually. <laughs> what your cup okay. size Please, don't need to know your ask, cup size. I can't ask your age, but what's your cup I'm size? I'm sorry, do you hang left or right? I, uh, <laughs> look, it's not me, it's the government. They Are make you us... Oriental? <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. I don't think you can ask if they've killed somebody. Really? No. Honestly? I think you're forbidden. Yeah, you can't do that. I don't think you can say, have you killed somebody? And that seems wrong. So don't you think you ought to be allowed you can do this to ask go... if they've killed someone in cold blood? You can say, were you in the service? Yeah. Really? And uh, what did you do in the You service? cannot ask if they've been dishonorably discharged. I know that. I know if they've been in the military, you are not allowed to say, were you dishonorably discharged? That's kind of what my dad used to say about me. But Didn't anyway. dishonorable discharge sound like some sort of a medical yeah. issue? It sounds bad. Discharge is an unpleasant <laughs> phrase. Discharge is a horrible, a horrible word. All right, Scotty J. Uh, so you met Ozzy Osbourne. You shook his I hand. I did. You looked into I, his... I said, good morning, Ozzy. And he's like... Did you say it just like that? Yeah. I, mean, you know, I was all pumped up and heavy. Good morning, Ozzy. You know, type of thing. He's like, I don't know what's good about it. Did he say that? Yes, he did. And I, I like said, he's well, the prince of darkness, and you are the happiest guy who's ever lived. <laughs> and I'm like, you like, well, I have a sitcom. Well, today. I guess I can see the rain is pouring pretty badly. Did you say the black rain? No, I should have. You should have gone, Ozzy, it's a black rain day in Portland or but, something. But my should've... shameless thoughts were happening, I was get, uh, happening at the time, and I was, was going to say something like, Ozzy, 
there's there's how you get out of the building. And by the way, you know, the Rick Emerson show will be wanting to promote your show, so we'll want to talk. You know, all those thoughts went through we'll my head. Wanting. We'll be wanting. <laughs> Thanks, Ozzie, thank you so much for Ozzie, you'll need to uh, you'll need to come on with us. I'm afraid it's just going to have to be that way. <laughs> all right. And then right. He, and then he was gone. Did you shake his hand? I didn't shake his hand, but uh, you know, I was like right behind him, and boy, he's actually short. He's a, a lot, small man. Yeah, a lot shorter. He's a than tiny little man. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. He, he, you because you're so, you 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 see him on stage. He's got such a powerful presence. You think he's going to be huge. And or he's they not. film up. You, you know, know, Lars Ulrich is like that. Lars Ulrich is not or a big Dio. guy. Yeah, D- well, Dio. Yeah. I mean, Come that's on. just sort of a no. That's Come a out. given. I think that's he's a, that's a known his, thing. He's, he's losing his hair. Who? Dio. No, d- losing. <laughs> yeah, it's present tense. <laughs> Yeah, you know who else is losing his hair is uh, Yul Brenner. I'm sorry, that's a that's a stupid reference. That's the only thing I can right, come up with. Because I don't think he's around All anymore. Right. Should I reveal the Aussie artifact that yes. I have, or should I make people guess? <gasps> guess. We'll make people guess the Aussie artifact that I have, and uh, should we? We'll give we'll give something to somebody. Okay. I, think I don't we know have what onion it is. books. I think we have an onion book somewhere. Dusty and stacked in the back somewhere. So we shouldn't take their calls now, though, because if we do, they're going to have to wait for a long time. So it's, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe later we'll do that. Maybe later in the hour, we'll have people guess as to what sort of uh, Aussie artifact I have Do you have know what it is, morning. Scotty J? You know what it is. You were there when Marcone and I were talking about it. I have a good feeling. You know. Either that or you know. You know. Don't be an ass. I have another exactly question. Yes. Um, you have this artifact? I do. So I what, what happened in between now and then, you know, that, that you found it? I looked. Okay. Okay. Because I went back and looked again. No, no, that's because I have it, which is why you didn't find it. <laughs> I have it. the artifact. Dang it. All right. All right. so weird. Let me just read a couple of these emails, Scotty. Rick, I am currently overseas serving our country, and I get to listen to your program a day late, but I wanted to chime in and say goodbye to Scotty J. Please tell him the military guys are going to miss laughing at him all the time. <laughs> See, you're serving our country in your own way, Scotty. You're like a one-man USO. However, we all understand uh, understand the need to move on for a chance at more money. Heaven knows we don't get enough of that in the military. Uh, love the show, spreading the word overseas. Long-time, full-time Aaron the military guy. Well, I appreciate what they're doing over there, too, for real. So, uh, P.S. If you talk to Lisa, who used to be Goddard, tell her Naples sucks and is a hellhole. So, and there we go for that. All so. right. All right. Uh... Well, that's it. All right, Scotty. We'll we'll talk to you a little bit more later on. All right. Thanks. And let me just tease this great story. There's a. I'm just going to tease you by telling you the, the the reaction to it. I came in today, and right before the program, I actually said out loud, "Hey, did you hear about this tug of war that ended in a guy losing his hand?" And Sarah recoiled, while Tim, without even looking up, said, "That's hilarious." And then, and then Tim and I realized that we have been doing this program way too long, and we've been desensitized to any kind of human pain or suffering. So, what can you do? Yeah, and you're both terrible people. And we're awful people. Thank you. Uh, so I've got that story right here. So we'll uh, we'll do that. And uh, blah 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 blah. Remind me to talk to you later about the Fast Times at Ridgemont High as well. So, the book. The book. Well, I'll just tell you about it now, and then we'll break. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, before it was a movie and a cultural icon, is a book by Cameron Crowe. Um, and it was it's a great story. I mean, the story of the book is wonderful because you could never do it now. The deal is, because, you know, Cameron Crowe started out in journalism as shown in Almost Famous when he was like 13. When he was, I think, 19, Cameron Crowe, and I used to know where, and I've forgotten now, but Cameron Crowe, with the with the assistance of a high school principal, secretly re-enrolled, not secretly, but re-enrolled undercover at a high school and went to high school undercover. After he graduated, he was almost 20, I think. He went back to high school and pretended to be a high school student for a full year and then wrote Fast Times at Richmond High, the book, based on what he witnessed at that high school for a year. 
And then it was made into, you know, it was made into the movie after that. But the book is amazing. Uh, I have the book at home. It's fantastic. Oh, cool. And just, you could never do that now. You could never go in after Columbine and everything. You could never go back and pretend to be a high school student undercover for you. They would never let you do that. But uh, all of those guys at Fast Times at Richmond High are based on real people that he wrote about in the book, Fast Times at Richmond High, which is really, really wonderful. So uh, whenever you're not reading something, you ought to try to seek that book out. Okay, yeah, I just started Jitterbug Perfume right now. I'm trying to get into it. You're not going to like it. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a jerk. No, I, I tried trying, and couldn't read it. I'm like struggling through it. I, I'm I'm on page like I'm like 25 or something. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying. It's my you know one of my girlfriend's favorite books in the world, and I really respect her and her taste. So I'm trying. It sucks when somebody that you really respect wants you to read something and you read it, and you're just like, I have no idea what they saw in this book. I don't understand why they read this. I don't know why they liked it. It's, I've had that experience, too. And then you feel bad. And you have to give them the whole, I'm sure it's a great book. It's just not really my style. Well, she bought it for me for my birthday. So I'm going to oh, keep I'm gonna read, to read the it. whole thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to read it and see if I can get through it. All right. We'll take a break here. Coming up around the corner, Lisa Desjardins will join us. Steve Kastenbaum, Tim Riley with the new news hour later on. Uh, we'll answer the magical question, what Ozzy Osbourne artifact did I find this morning? And uh, we'll talk to Scotty J as we approach his imminent departure from the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. Back after this. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh. Nah. Yeah. All right. Rick, you probably know this already, but the real person the Ratner character was based on went in to start the Four Dummies book franchise. I did not know that. Tell Sarah good luck with Tom Robbins. I myself am a fan, but even I recognize his writing can be like that guy you meet at the bar who seems too funny and witty and quick, and you just want to punch him in the face. That is exactly, exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. Thanks for the show. Well, thank you, sir and madam, as the case may be. And I hate, um, oh, I can't already go into that. I hate it. It's only 20 pages. It sucks. But no, there are all these, um, like, he'll put things in parentheses, like, speaking directly to the reader. Like, right. oh, hey, this is, like, but for all of you out there. His writing's uh, a little cutesy for my taste. It's a little too self-aware. Uh, it's like, look how witty I am. So I, I'm reading, I'm trying to read a book right now. I just finished, I know we've got Lisa, so we'll talk to Lisa in like five seconds here because it's her last day before she leaves for her honeymoon vacation Italia thing. But um, I just finished this book, which I had referenced earlier, called All God's Children by Renee Denfield, who's a, uh, she was a writer for either the Oregonian or the Willamette for a long time. I forget which one. But it's this book about Portland street kids so-called street families where these kids sort of, you know, I don't want to say it's like a gang, but it sort of is like that. But it's these Portland street kids that all congregate together. And it was written in response to this really brutal, horrific murder that happened in 2003 that this street family downtown was responsible for. And Court Weber from KUFO is actually in it. Uh, Court of Court and Fatboy Family is in it uh, at one point. In the book? He's actually featured in the book. Not, not for a huge bit, but he's actually in the book at one point. Uh, because one of the girls who participated in the murder apparently just called court, uh, and I think it was Court and Boomer at that time, called them up out of the blue one night because she was listening in jail. And it has, like, the transcript of a conversation between her and Court one night on the air at, at, at KUFO. Um, anyway, you, you, I really strongly... That sounds fascinating. I want to read that instead of what I'm reading. I strongly recommend it. I will tell you this. It's a really dark very unnerving book, especially because it takes place in Portland. And I actually, the other day, I happened just by sheer happenstance to be downtown. You know, it was a beautiful day. I wanted to read it, so I was actually reading it in Pioneer Courthouse Square. And that family used to congregate right next to that Starbucks where those chess tables are mm-hmm. at Pioneer Courthouse Square. And it's talking about how at one point they were like some girl had wronged them, and they had this girl 
on her knees and were just beating her in the face with like a chain at 2 o'clock on a, on a Monday, right by that Starbucks, and people were walking by and not doing anything about it. And it's weird because I looked up and I could see the spot exactly. Well, there's still, I mean, there's still a lot of violence in the homeless community and, like, the transit community. And I remember when they set that, um, there was, like, a, a mentally retarded uh, homeless girl who was part of this family downtown. It was, like, a couple of years ago. That's and they, the girl. That's the, that's and who they the lit book. her on fire. That is who the book is about. Her name is Jessica Williams. Okay, yeah, and they, they, they um, yeah. lit her body on fire yeah. at the bridge. Yeah, okay. yeah, that that is who the book is about. Oh, man, that whole case was just so messed up. The, the book, they were called. That, that happened pretty recently, though. 2003. Okay. The, they, they were called the Santos Street Family. Yes. And the book is about all the events leading up to that girl's oh. murder, Jessica Williams. Oh, man. Yeah, I want to borrow it's, that from I mean, I'm getting chills just thinking oh, about it. Oh, I just book, remember that I, being in the news and hearing all about yeah, that. Yeah, and there's this law and where they marched her across the steel bridge, you know, to be killed. I mean, they beat her senseless in the square, and then they marched her across the bridge, and then, yeah, they lit her on fire. And the book the book starts with her murder and ends with her murder. So it starts and then jumps back and builds up to it again. It's... A fascinating book. It really is. Um, I would have the author on, except I think it would be a big buzzkill. Yeah. Uh, but read. It's called All God's Children. I'll bring it in if you want to read it. Oh, I just absolutely. finished it last night. It's, yeah. it's All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, sister. How you doing? Hey, guys. Man, I want to read that book now, too. It's, Jeez, it's cool. pretty gripping. It's uh, I've been on this real kick with dark books lately. I don't know what that's all yeah, about. Yeah, you're like three for three lately. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the, what the, the deal with that, but it's, uh, it's a pretty fascinating book, especially because it is written by a woman who... Well, I, I'll just say this. I will say that I think she explodes a lot of myths. Uh, about uh, about the world of the homeless and especially uh, homeless people of 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 that social strata, um, and I think there are a uh, a lot of myths that get perpetuated um, about that community that, that she really just just disassembles. I mean, and the book you just come away with just a horrifying reality that there are a whole lot of people walking around out there in every walk of life who are just utterly uh, just just broken and just devoid of any kind of moral compass inside you know what i mean and they're just looking for somebody to take it out on um so it's a a gripping book and it's again made all the more gripping by the fact that i work you know uh, i work like half a mile from where it all took place so um but she talks about how the notion of the street family started in about 92 and now it is everywhere in the country and they all have the same lingo they all have the same jargon the same catchphrases the same behaviors uh, you know, and it all started out from this one family and extrapolated out to the entire country. It's a, anyway, it's a, it's a it's a great book. Oh. I would I would really recommend it. Okay, um, yeah. So anyway, how are you? Uh, <laughs> well, there's really no way to transition to anything except to say that this is your last day with us until when? Right until um, a week from Monday. So you will be back. So that is I'm looking right, at my calendar. A good ten days. You'll be back on the 29th. I'll be back on the 29th, exactly. All right. so Just in time for Halloween. Uh, I had a member of the military who is currently serving overseas, listens to us uh, on the Internet, wants me to tell you that Naples is, quote, a hellhole. Don't ever go there. <laughs> okay. You know, he's not the only one that's told me that, but I did meet a, a lovely um, old man from Naples who, who who made me think otherwise, but but he was nice. I didn't see the town. Well, he's from there. He's required to be. He's, he's from there. He's required to pimp his hometown, you know? Sure, and I've got a soft spot for the uh, for the old men. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, the I did not I did not go to Italy with my wife, but at some point I told her that I do want to go back to Italy just so I can eat there, just so I can fast yes. for like two weeks beforehand, and then just try to get as many calories into my body as possible while I'm there. 
My plan is for at least half of our photos to be just food. Not us in the picture, but just a picture of food. Can I tell you this? Uh, my wife took about 400 photos uh, while she was in Italy. And I will tell you this. There are more than a few photos that, again, no one's in the picture. It is literally photos of food. <laughs> she showed me a whole bunch. She's like, okay, this is a photo of what I had for breakfast. This is a photo of what I of this canapé that I had at one point. Uh, here's a photo of this dinner we had. And I'm like, are there, you're not in these pictures, like I know, but this was so great. I wanted, I wanted to take a picture of this pasta dish. It would look at this, and I mean, I have to say, it was all pretty great looking. See, that's perfect, and that 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 is my plan. Yeah. So, so. Um, yes. all right. So, yeah. well, I, I guess I'll just. Okay, well, here's, this is there's gonna be all kinds of stuff going on now. While I'm gone, we've got the uh, attorney general hearings are happening tomorrow. We're gonna have uh, this attempt at overriding the S chip veto. That's right. Thursday. So uh, I'm missing some big stuff, but um, noodles. And also, uh, of course, Dick Giuliano will be here. But it's funny, we just had, uh, it, it almost was a classic office space, but it wasn't, it really wasn't that bad. We had a big conference call um, today at CNN Radio on defining success. Really? And, uh, I yes, thought everybody understood it. what success was. <laughs> no. Success well, is when something good happens. Right. Everybody has different different definitions. And actually, it was, it was not bad. It was pretty much... Uh, you know, a, a lot of what we're just kind of codifying things. But my task right now that I'm going to need to talk to you about when I get back is my super big boss, so like three bosses above me, uh, it wants me to figure out how to have a, a new way to cover elections and make it so that people will be interested. And I've pitched all kinds of different ideas. I said, let's, let's cover by, let's look at the issues instead of the candidates. Let's go out. Let's do some more behind-the-scenes stuff. But nothing is really taking, and, you know, I, I really think the issue is just that, uh, and I told her, I said, people are really cynical, and I think I think we should come at it from that angle. And I would say that the, uh, yeah. I was going to say that I think the loser should be killed and devoured by lions. <laughs> that is one decent idea. I'm trying to tie it into Italy, and, you know, so I'm trying to make it a relevant joke there. Oh, I see, that was, uh, you know, well, can I, I just, can I just yeah. tell you this, and I, I do feel your pain on this sort of thing. I was watching, uh, of course, the West Wing again, because I'm working my way through the whole season, too. Yeah, yeah. And, hey, where you know, yeah, season two. Uh, episode 16. So I'm on episode 16 tonight. So I'm just about to get into the multiple sclerosis uh, storyline, which is oh, leading hey. up to the episode two cathedrals, which, in my oh. opinion, in I'm just saying for Ooh. me, in my opinion, the two cathedrals episode of the West Wing is the best hour of television I have ever seen in my life. Unbelievable, it, it yes, is, that episode. It, two Cathedrals is the best hour of television that I think has ever existed, and I will say that compared to any decade of television, and I've watched a lot of TV wow. in my life. Um, wow. But let me just say that there was this whole episode about Bartlett's State of the Union address and how everybody was so consumed with his third State of the Union, and they had to make sure it was important, and they had the people out there to spin it afterward, and he was prepping it, and they were Sam and Toby were working on each line of dialogue and changing individual words, and I realized, you know, no one cares about the State of the Union address anymore. They really don't. And I really have come to this conclusion. People cared about the State of the Union address because Americans are largely lazy and sedentary. And that when you only had five channels and one of them, you know, or three of them, actually, for most of our lives, were the State of the Union, you watched the State of the Union because it was on and it was easier than getting up and reading a book, you know? It was, it was easier than getting up and finding something to read. And it was just sort of there. But so really it was sort of this passive being passively forced to watch the State of the Union, which is why people cared about it. Now that you can have your choice between that or, you know, trading spaces, everybody chooses trading spaces. 
and no one really cares about the State of the Union. It is uh, the State of the Union is sort of like American record labels now, uh, where they used to have a stranglehold and they could make people care about things. But just as YouTube and MP3 distribution sites have minimized and diluted the impact of record labels, the expansion of cable television has diluted the effect, the extent to which they can make people care about things like the State of the Union or the elections. And I really honestly believe. You call it cynicism, you call it whatever, but people have made up their mind about the election, and nothing that happens between now and then, unless they catch Hillary Clinton killing babies with a shovel, is going to change that. Wow, that, I mean, you were making some powerful statements, but that last one, really, you think, you think, essentially people's minds are made up, yes. and a year from now, whatever happens in between, unless it is... Uh, some ridiculous, horrific uh, crime or uh, terrible fashion statement uh, that nothing else will change people's minds. Yes. That's amazing. I do. I do honestly believe that. For good or bad, I do believe that is the case. Barring, uh, what is it, the Isaac Newton's second law of motion or whatever, that barring being impacted by an outside force, a given a body will stay in its given uh, in its given course. A body in motion will stay on the body same in course. Stays in motion. Yeah, That's right. Unless acted upon by an outside force. I do believe that that is where we are at in the American political uh, in American political system. I do believe that. Oh, Rick, I, I I believe there may be some people like that, but I don't. I think most Americans really. Uh, I mean, we're in a way we're sort of political suckers. I, I we're almost like Red Sox fans used to be. You know, every year this is going to be the year. I do think people are fed up with a lot of things about government, and I think people want something. New, they want. They're hoping maybe this next person will be the person to set things straight. And I, I think there's. I think a lot of people are, are really going to try and find that. Now, it may not may not be on the table. Maybe no one will have the perfect candidate. But I think people are going to really look and say, "All right, Bush is gone. What next? Let's really look at it." Well, I, it's probably too long <laughs> of a conversation to get into now. But really, honestly, if you do want to talk about this at some point when you get back, you let me know because I do have. I do have my own read on the American public, which may be uh, flawed. Yeah, but I, which I... may be more accurate than mine. But, and, that, and, well, uh, and I'll tell you the truth, you know, the pitch to my boss that would go something like, nobody cares, let's not cover the election, would save him a lot of money. Well, <laughs> I, I don't think it's that nobody cares. I just think they care about it on a much more shallow and superficial and visceral level than people would like to believe. Perhaps. Um, Perhaps. Two two quick things before you go. A, uh, I do. Somebody sent me a screen capture from CNN television that does very much look like a picture of you standing behind Senator Larry Craig. Oh yes, that that's true. That uh, that photo was uh, yes has, has been uh, well publicized. Yeah. So congratulations. So there's it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the website if you don't mind. It actually is, oh, you you are looking very thoughtful and he has a huge phallic microphone shoved right near his mouth. That, and that was my phallic microphone. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> and finally. <laughs> It was a nice touch, wasn't it? Uh, it was. It, it's a great photo. I'm actually going to put it up. It really, it's great in any number of ways. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'll just say uh, have a safe trip. Travel well, you and Jason both. Uh, congratulations again on your matrimony, and uh, we will see you when you get back. Travel very safe, and uh, we'll talk to you on the 29th, Lisa. Okay, it's a deal. There you go. Thanks. Thank you. Bye now. All right, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right. Yeah, this photograph of her with uh, Senator Larry Craig is pretty great. I love the fact that it's her phallic microphone. She's a woman, and yet she's shoving a phallic microphone right into uh, right into his face. Well done. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. I think you have the Steve Kastenbaum uh, thing. Let's welcome now to yeah, the... Yeah, I'm trying to get it. Hang on. I thought it was under a Kastenbaum. Hey, Steve, I think. Yeah. Uh, we'll, see if this, uh, we'll see if this plays over there. Mm, just I'll just amuse myself over here. 
Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. Emerson. Thank you. Uh, let's welcome now to The Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Katzenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you? I am fantastic, as Ozzy Osbourne said my name today. Is that the first time he's done that for you, or have you had that for a while? No, 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 no. That just let's play one more time. He just did this about an hour and a half ago. Hi, oh, this is cool. Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. Emerson. <laughs> it's the drunken, not, not drunken, but the residually drunken slur at the end that really sells that. How are you, sir? Uh, okay, I still have a bit of a sore throat. Ah, I'm sorry to hear that. There is some sort of hideous Vulcan death flu going around. So. Yeah, as you, as you put it last week, I still have the gunk. <laughs> You've been gunkified. I've been gunkified. Uh, all right. Uh, can I can I tell you right now? I've oh, uh, waited. No, it's. I was going to say I'd forgotten exactly what we were talking to you about because it was a last minute edition. But uh, am I wrong about this? Are there employees at JFK, the, the airport, that are actually that are actually now themselves smuggling drugs? It's no longer just travelers. It's actually employees. Well, I'm a little surprised that people are surprised by this because Kennedy Airport is one of the biggest airports in New York, and there's thousands of people who work there and have access to all these restricted areas. So naturally, you know, if somebody, uh, you know, um, flashes enough money in front of your face, somebody there is going to, you know, succumb to the temptation and take part in a drug smuggling ring there. So what was going on, according to this complaint filed by the U.S. Attorney's Office here, is uh, the members of the drug ring in the Dominican Republic would put heroin or cocaine in some luggage that was heading up to New York. Uh, sometimes they would be traveling, you know, on that flight. And when that luggage got to JFK, their ring members here uh, in New York who worked for Delta Airlines and American Airlines, they would intercept the baggage, take it to a safe area before it got to customs, take the drugs out, and then put the baggage back in so it would get through customs without a problem. And then when they left work, they'd have the drugs with them, and then they'd deliver it to whoever they were supposed to give it to. Well, I, I mean, I just sort of assume, as I think you did, they I just sort of assume that these things can't be stopped. I... This is why, I don't know, I, not to be a negative Nancy about such things, but when they talk about the war on terror and keeping terrorists out of the United States, they can't keep marijuana out of the United States. I mean, they can't they can't stop guys from bringing in huge, hefty bags full of cocaine, like through LAX. There's just enough enough money will, will, will grease any opening. You know what I mean? As somebody once said, they, you know, they said, imagine that, uh, and the guy used a ballpoint pen to make the point. He, he held up a ballpoint pen to the camera, and he said, he said, imagine if I could make this ballpoint pen in my basement for a dollar, and then I could go out on the street and I could sell that ballpoint pen for $17,000. So do you think there's any law that would keep me from doing that? And that's, you know, that's what cocaine is. You know, they make it for a buck and they sell it for 17,000. It's a 17,000% markup. Wow. And there is no law. There's no whatever. Uh, that generates so much money that it's going to open any needed door. You're never going to be able to keep it out, ever. And as soon as I heard about this, this bust of this ring, I thought about the, the scene with the armored car heist or whatever it was, the payroll heist at Kennedy Airport in Goodfellas. Yeah, at the, the uh, Lufthansa, yeah. Right, the Lufthansa heist, that's it, yeah. So this has been going on at Kennedy Airport for decades, yep. obviously. You know, guys on the inside, no one's stuff is coming in, and, and they, they use that knowledge to no good. Yeah, well, there's that, yeah, because that scene where character actor Mike Starr is, is laying out the plan to Robert De Niro and Ray Liotta, and De Niro says, what about security? And Starr just laughs and goes, you're looking at it. 
You know? So, I mean, it's as long as there is massive amounts of money, it's, what is as Jack Webb used to say in Dragnet, there are two kinds of people, those who've got it and those who want it. And sometimes those who want it get it through legal means, and sometimes they don't. That's where I come in. I carry a batch. There's always going to be guys greasing the system and, you know, carrying a gun. So what are you going to do? What can you do, Steve? Hey, we got another story out of New York, by the way, that I, that I don't want to go without bringing it up. Okay. P. Diddy. Diddy, uh, Sean Combs, did you hear about this? Do you uh, feel silly saying P. Diddy out loud as a grown I, man? I just like being able to say that. <laughs> Let me just say this real quickly. I remember when he changed it from Puff Daddy to P. Me Diddy. Too. And everybody laughed, and he, we all thought it was so ridiculous that he actually himself put out a press release saying it was a joke. And then, and then I guess now it's not a joke, though. Now he really is serious about it. But at one point, he did actually say that he was kidding about being called P. Diddy because we all thought it was stupid. But I guess he's just he's embraced it now. And I don't know what I'm supposed to call him. Like, you know how we have standards and rules here? He's Mr. Diddy. I'm not sure if he's Mr. Combs or Sean Puffy Combs. I think we go with Sean Puffy Combs. Right. And Puffy's an, an awkward nickname as well. It's like being called Spongy. It is. But uh, he was at a club, apparently, late Friday night, early Saturday morning, and got into some sort of altercation with a guy who he's known for over 13 years. That guy wound up with a, a bloody nose and a fat lip. So there was uh, speculation that um, Sean Combs was going to face uh, charges, assault charges. Oh, well, please, please let it be true. Well... Here's what happens now. The lawyer representing uh, Sean Combs released a statement today, and then his publicist even built upon that, saying, no, 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 they've known each other for 13 years. They just had a little misunderstanding, and they went out Saturday night, and, and the paparazzi even caught them coming out of a club Saturday night, so they apparently smoothed it over. But now they're not dropping this in the NYPD, and they're going to investigate whether this guy who initially apparently filed a complaint – uh, is now going to withdraw that complaint and, and not cooperate. So if he doesn't go ahead with the charges against uh, Sean Combs, if indeed there was an assault, then he could now be in trouble. Well, what were, what were we just saying about enough money changes anything? You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, look, I mean, it, it, we, this is a matter of record. I believe there's already been one guy, and he was a uh, a rap artist of some. I do believe his name was uh, – I don't want to get this wrong. I do believe – I think his name was Shine. He was a rap artist. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I do believe he, I mean, that guy's in jail right now. Ta I won't say taking the fall. That would be wrong. And that is only alleged. But it has been alleged in some quarters that he's doing time right now, taking the heat for something that, 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 that Puffy Combs himself did. So I'm not saying that's the case, but it was widely speculated that that's why he's in jail now. So. Right. All right. Well, what can you do? Uh, you know, I mean, the. the I do think you just at some point, you know, money is the universal lubricant. It really is. And no matter what kind of a jam you're in, you know, enough green will get you out of that. So, all right. On that note, my friend, the world is shot to hell and we're all goners. So <laughs> you enjoy the rest of your day. Try to get better. I will. Hopefully by tomorrow I'll, I'll be near 100% because I got my voice back today. Excellent. Yep. I right. didn't have it yesterday. Thank you, Steve Kastenbaum. All right. Come all right, on. There you go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's see. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. We'll take a little break here. Uh, coming back around the corner, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Later on, uh, top five goodbye songs. We'll talk to Scotty J, who's going to be taking his leave of this program at the end of the week. Uh, what else? Jim Roop will talk to us as well. Uh, Clown Watch. I'm sorry, Clergy Watch. Geek Watch. And uh, more. You say that's the Rick Emerson Show.
It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up later on, CNN Radio correspondent uh, Jim Roop will join us from Los Angeles with the top five goodbye songs of all time and all that. Here is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So I wonder if we have anybody over here at this uh, this site at PIR. Apparently, they took an old broken-down bus and spray-painted Max on the side of it. And they put some broken beam on top of it. And then there was an explosion. And then people walked around like zombies. And that's the best we know. I don't understand anything you were just talking about. I mean, I heard all the words in the right order, but... Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It's all about the terror drill. But I thought the terror drill... Oh, well, okay, but the, but the max does go across the steel bridge. Yes. Where is the dirty bomb supposed to have been set off? On the bridge itself? I guess so. Well, that doesn't even make any sense. If you were going to set off a dirty... Maybe we shouldn't... Maybe we... Let's stop. Are maybe we, we to help people? Sh- shouldn't be giving suggestions on where I would set off a bomb. I'm just saying, why the steel bridge? Why not the steel bridge? Well, Would fair enough. Would it be uh, sort of a laissez-faire bridge? You know, St. John's bridge? Terrorists are so unmotivated. I just, I mean, does the steel bridge have any special significance to terrorists? I don't know. You know, they used to put out this list. They used to put out this list. Uh, no, they used to put Osama bin Laden talking about the steel bridge in his cave in Afghanistan. There was a list that used to get put out where they would identify, uh, this is during the Cold War, they put out uh, targets in America that would be likely hit by first strike launches from Russia. In other words, the places in America that Russia would probably hit first if they decided to nuke us. And you know what always freaked me out was that Washington State was right there. The Hanford Nuclear Facility was one of them. Uh, What else? The Grand Coulee Dam, the Hoover Dam. If you were near a dam, they figured you were just a goner because they figured that the Ruskies, that Ivan, would go right after the Grand Coulee Dam because then it would flood and drown everybody. Well, the Russians aren't the enemy. The Russians aren't the enemy anymore. No, they're not. No, they couldn't nuke anything. They uh, Islamo fascists are the new enemies. Are you repeating that from somewhere? Yes. Did, did Sean Hannity tell you that? <laughs> Islamo fascists. Islamo fascists. Okay. Um, that's like Islamo fascists sounds like one of those weird dog breeds, mm-hmm. like uh, like like Schnoodle, which is a Schnauzer and a Poodle. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't. Not that I spent a lot of time on Wikipedia looking at poodle hybrids. Poodle? Nope. I haven't done that at all. Uh, so we'd like to talk to some of these walking zombies. I think. If you're a zombie, please now to call and grunt gutturally into the phone. You give us one moan for yes and two for two for no and three for I need brains. I don't understand why the steel bridge though. That that's a good question. I mean, I is know. there some tactical significance to bombing the steel bridge? You know, not that much traffic drives over it, no. really. I mean, the max goes over it. I can think right now of five places I would bomb before the steel bridge. I will not announce them. I want to know. I be think a, maybe you should put this in your, your book. No, be, I'm not. A, be in your new book? No, it'll be, it'll be in the We'll put it on the podcast. That'll be premium content you have to pay for. Um, on the HD channel. Yeah, <laughs> HD2. Just advice for terrorists. <laughs> places, you, places in Portland that ought to be bombed. CBS presents... <laughs> <laughs> Tips for today's little terrorists. Um, no, the uh, I'm just so I, the steel bridge just seemed to pick randomly. That's my only point. Uh, you would think, and this is just my speculation as a journalist here. I say in the news hour uh, here on uh, AM 970 KCMD Portland, a news talk radio station. Mm-hmm. 
in places around the, the world where bombs like this have been set off, are they typically not in very populous areas? The steel bridge, how many people at one time are on the steel bridge? What's the maximum number of people? People don't walk on the steel bridge. But that's what I'm saying. To my knowledge. In other words, if you were to take the steel bridge and just take it basically like freeze frame it mm. and count the number of people on the steel bridge at any one time, I would say at the absolute most there's only ever going to be maybe a couple hundred people on the steel bridge at most. And that's if you get a full max train going across. It just seems like a random choice for this drill. That's the only point I'm making. I'm not suggesting that... Our tax dollars Are you suggesting you know a wisely. better way to conduct a terrorist drill? I'm suggesting that I know a better way to spend $5 million. Jesus, $5 million, you know, to keep Dennis Pitsenbarger from doing his auto show and, you know, at part of the raceway. Well, whatever. All right. So that goes on today. So, you know. All this about nothing, really. Really, it's a okay. tempest Hoopla. in a thing. There's tempest ho- in a two- teacup. Ho- hoopla. And goings on. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody's saying, uh, let's see, line two says, I am confused. Uh, we'll get to hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. About what am I confused, sir? Uh, you're you're making a slight mistake in confusing a Lhasa Apso with an Islamic fashion. <laughs> the Lhasa Apso is a little bit larger. No, the Lhasa Apso I have is ten pounds. Oh, you have a Lhasa? Yes, I do. That's I thought you only had the Dalmatian. No, I have two dogs. I didn't know that. Yes, I've spoken about that second dog on numerous occasions. I don't recall you that at all. You weren't listening. No, that's not true, Tim. I listen to everything you say. <laughs> I have a Dalmatian, too, but I can also explain why the steel bridge. Okay. It's great theater. It's security theater, Rick. All and right. it's not giving away a secret. Everybody knows it. If somebody had a bunch of radioactive stuff they wanted to scatter about, they wouldn't set off a bomb in a bus. They do. Well, let's let's not discuss what they would do. No, but, I mean, everybody, the people who really understand, I'm not going to give you an example. The people who understand it already know where, where it's going to go, and it's not going to be in a bus. Are you implying that you are one of those people who really understand it? Uh, I have friends who do. Or is this is this one of those things about which you're you're not allowed to say anymore? Oh no, I'm not I'm not in the business. Okay. But it's it's sort of like if people are upset about well, let's see, Greenpeace is upset about stuff in the plastics in the iPhone today. Um, there are places if you had nasty materials, you wouldn't throw it up in the air. You'd put it someplace where you'd know where it went and you'd do it for the most. Damage. Well, I I do agree by the way that this is just a little bit of theater that's meant to make us feel better about things that. It don't really matter because the, the, there's nothing we can do. The bright side is the bright side is for the hospitals and the first response. This is all useful stuff that's going to help in case of an earthquake, an ice storm, stuff that really happens. So although it's it's security theater for the feds, the rest of us are getting positive benefits out of this stuff as to what happens in in real emergencies that we can deal with. All right, thank you, sir. Thanks, Rick. All right, there you Just go. like in New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like we're going to get to work on all of those levies. Um, let's see. You know, we've learned a valuable lesson from Katrina. That is the valuable lesson. The lesson we've learned is don't don't live there. Um, no, I didn't know you had a Lhasa. I, and I don't ignore what you say. I guess in my head, all of your dog observations in my head, I just think they're about McGee. So, oh, no, I have two dogs. But what is the name? May I ask the other dog's name? Megan. Megan. Oh, it's a female. Yes, it's a girl. Right. Now, is it a pure Lhasa Apso? It is. Oh, see, so I was looking. We were looking at Lhasa mixes the other day online. And, uh, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, because Max... has so much hair. It's well, and, and Max, is. really, to be fair, mo- looks much more like a Lhasa than a poodle. I say poodle because it's funny. But he looks much more like a Lhasa. But there are just those weird, you know, like Labradoodles and just all kinds of weird, insane uh, the mixes that you didn't even think that, like, some guy... Some some the Dr. Moreau guy is in a castle somewhere, like w- making these insane breeds of dogs that you wouldn't even really think. Uh... Did you know your dog and Scotty's daughter have the same name? I do know that. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. <laughs> Sit. 
Roll over. Hi. What's up? Hello, sir. Thanks. Thanks so much. The terrorists have hit his phone. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. The reason they picked that train is uh, uh, just think of London, Madrid, and Tokyo. That's where they attacked before. And so they're just practicing on the steel bridge because uh, it's the least traveled bridge. Okay, that's fair enough because there is a history of terrorists attacking trains. So why yeah. do we care if the steel bridge goes? We have several other bridges. Okay, well, we Aaron made like a bunch nine of other good points. That's true. Here, it's yeah. the main cargo line for the Union Pacific Railroad. As such, it can halt the movement of goods in the northwest and east. The steel bridge also has the Portland's main natural gas line. If one exploded it, uh, it would make all kinds of explosions all over the city as well really? as put out Portland's energy. And also, it's considered one of the strongest bridges in the city and wasting it would be a strong symbolic attack. Well, there you go. So uh, I love Aaron. So there you go. Thank you, sir. Hey, well, can I comment on the Nicodemus video? Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, please go ahead. Absolutely awesome. You didn't even do it justice. You gave it a great review, but it was even better than that. And by the time I was done watching it, and I never watch anything for seven minutes, uh-huh. it was like watching them live in front of that video going on. The uh, You can go to RickEverson.com. I'm allowed to promote this because I make no money off of it. So I'm, <laughs> right. I'm and, allowed and, uh, to promote the hell out of things that will never benefit me. None of yeah. our projects making any money ever. No, but I try sometimes. And, and, and it's not even like Betty Page. It's better than that. It's more Clara Bow or, uh, you know, and it's the, the headgear that Sarah's wearing. Bondage does it. eat girls. Uh, all right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. You go to rickemerson.com, check out the video for Nicodemus's uh, And It Becomes You, featuring uh, Sarah Dillon uh, and our good friend Sarah Moon and Kelsey Danger as well. Plus, uh, it, it, I, there's a whole thing I wrote on my side about the weird, artistic, tangled family tree of which I am a part here in Portland. So you'll recognize a bunch of people in the video. Which it, it really is a beautiful video. So set aside seven minutes and uh, make sure that the IT person's not around. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, here's bad news. The Lumberjacks have canceled their season. Due to a failed contract. Now, what do they play? play I'm a lumberjack and I won't play. So are those those bats that have a basket on the end of them that they just want to ball around with? Four different jokes that all happened at once there. Mm -hmm. You went the uh, bat in a basket, I went the Monty Python way. Um, What? I'm asking what the lumberjacks play. They play nothing anymore. They're not going to be playing jack and squat. That's what we're going to be playing. So will they be missed by lumberjacks fans? I guess that's my question. Sure. All right. I I don't know. I we carried the lumberjacks a couple years ago. Uh, we were going to be doing some stuff cares. with them. Well, it, apparently there's some sort of labor disagreement or player dispute or whatever. Oh, those are the guys that wouldn't let us watch their TV. No, no that's no. the Winterhawks. Oh, okay. That's the Winterhawks. We uh, gave them their TV back. Did we? Got a brand new one. That's right. We have an HD TV. Take that, Winterhawks. Yeah. We have a better TV than you. Mm. Uh, they had one of the old ones from the 70s with the two dials. Totally. That was so precious to them. The, uh, <laughs> we couldn't touch it. <laughs> Don't touch my UHF dial. Uh, the Lumberjacks, yeah, lacrosse is uh, it's like guys with a stick with a little net at the end. And uh, I guess they have shapely calves. Is that a, a French sport? You know, it sounds French, doesn't it? It doesn't sound very masculine. It doesn't seem very. It doesn't seem like an American sport. Uh, I will say that I know some of the people who work at the Lumberjacks, and they're good folks. But I guess there's some sort of, I don't know, some sort of blow up. But it really has lumber has lacrosse really taken off in America or something, Sarah? Kind of. I have um, some your people into lacrosse. Well, my friend Rainiera is a lacrosse coach. I mean, I know a lot of women that play it. Really? As well as men. Yeah. All right. I okay. mean, it's. it's a lot of people do participate. I was going to say, like, how much leverage do the players possibly have? I mean, it just seems they like break it's... somebody's legs with one of those lacrosse things. Whatever, that's how the negotiations went. Just guy gets just a guy gets a lacrosse racket right to the fibula. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So there's no lacrosse this year. You'll have to amuse yourself with lawn darts or something. 
or or terrorist rehearsal. No, uh, I think we're going to say or terrorism. No, no, we don't. Amuse do yourself with terrorism. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Hey, Rick, it's Chris. How are you? Oh, Chris Neathan from OnTheVig.com. Hello, sir. I was calling in. The Winterhawks took our television, you know. I didn't know that. Is no, that, I'm... that the crappy one that they're using right now over the uh, uh, ice sheet to try and show me replays and stuff? Yeah, that's the one that the, I shouldn't say that it was our television. Uh, the Winterhawks used to share a studio with us, and they had this bad, like, 1982 sort of color television that was in there. Just the biggest piece of crap. Anyway. It was just a piece of crap, but they left, like, a huge, nasty note telling us we were not allowed to touch it ever. Ever. Nice. Yeah. Well, so. that's nice of them. Yeah, so what's uh, up? You know, one of the... the Portland Lumberjacks uh, players is actually married to the owner of the Lumberjacks. One of the Portland, I'm sorry, say that again? The players of the Lumberjacks is actually married to the owner. Really? So that makes it an interesting labor negotiation, I would think. I would imagine. Uh, who is who is the owner of the Lumberjacks? Angela, geez, she's like 25 or 26. I've met her. I've met her, actually. Uh, I met her. She was very nice, very beautiful, too. Um uh, the, the very attractive, very knowledgeable, very smart woman. I didn't know she was married to one of the players. That does add a whole weird wrinkle to it. Yeah. Interesting. It was, I was calling to let you know that the uh, terror drill has personally impacted me this afternoon. Uh, I'm out making deli lunch deliveries this afternoon, and I was down at a waterfront facility, and they've got it completely shut down there at Narcon 2. Really? And uh, they're debating whether or not to go to Narcon 3 and uh, basically inspect every vehicle coming into and out of any port facility right now. So. Well, all right then. So everything has been slowed down everywhere, ever. Good times. Well, yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Well, I feel safer oh, already, don't you? <laughs> you know, it's like I was telling the security guard down there, I saw the results of all the security preparations we made ahead of Katrina. Yeah. And... Uh, it's not going to be any different with, you know, whether it's a dirty bomb or whatever. You know, it's, we're effed. So. <laughs> I like the general consensus today is sort of, a, well, we're all going to die, so what can you do? Exactly. All right, thank you, sir. Chris, Thanks, Rick. Chris Neathen from OnTheVig.com. He does the Winterhawks blog as well. All right, so there you go. Um, let's see, what are we at? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Um, yeah, Rick, I just <laughs> want to say kudos to you and everybody who was involved in that. Um, not the project you were talking about with Sarah. What was the name of the thing you wrote for, for the 48-hour? You and your, you and oh, uh, yeah, if you go to uh, Rick Emerson, another thing on which I will never make any money at all, ever. <laughs> 500,000 people could watch that other movie, and I'll never make a dime. So, that's, so of course, I'm free to talk about it. Uh, if you go to RickEmerson.com, there's a little photo uh, movie there, and I, I hate to sound like I'm just constantly talking about all this stuff. But, uh, it's a little seen on the east side. It's, well, it, made me, it made me think of it because you were talking about Sarah's or the project that Sarah was involved in. Yeah, there's a, little, a short film we made for the 48-hour film festival directed by our good friend Jerris Minsky that's there. It's called Counterparts of Fate. You can, uh, it's embedded in my page. You can go watch it there. Well, I, I, I did, and I, I just wanted to say uh, to everybody involved, but also yourself as well, um, that I really enjoyed um, the, the whole pretext of it and everything. It was well, cool. Very well, thank well, you. Very well thought out. and. Um, and it raised you up, if, if that's possible, in the, in my eyes, uh, a little bit higher, sir. Well, thank you. I, I co-wrote that with uh, Nate Baker, uh, um, who has done some things with us in the past. It was kind of our own little take on it. It was kind of like a screw tape letters kind of a thing. So thank it you was, for enjoying it. Was, it was wonderful to watch. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. All right, Bye. there you go. Yeah, and it's got two hot girls in it, too, so you can't go wrong with that. Oh. It's got like a Betty and Veronica thing going on, but they're, uh, but they're angels. All right, who are Betty and Veronica? Betty, you know, from the Archie uh, yeah. comics? They're not the originals. I don't know what we're talking about now. Do they look the same as the original girls? Who? Betty and Veronica. Miss me? <laughs> I don't understand what you're asking me. Let's go on to the next door. They're not really Betty and Veronica. It's just a, it's a blonde-haired girl and a black-haired girl. Okay. Well, that so, was my question. Yes. They're not really Betty and Veronica. They could be. 
All right. No, Mrs. Grundy. Mrs. Grundy. Yes, yes, we. Yeah, we weren't able to cast a. Uh, we weren't able to cast a Mr. Weatherby. Oh, now we're getting all these lacrosse calls. Uh, See, there are a lot of fans out there. Well, no, I, I don't dispute that there are a lot of fans. It's just one of those I didn't know. Like I was unclear about whether it was sort of like if you go to see the what the Timbers is that the thing you go to yeah, see yeah the Portland Timbers I don't know if it was the same kind of audience for that or a different audience but they used to swat a ball in that game to what a ball swat a ball oh, swat their feet it's soccer thought you were thought we were talking they about hit the balls with sweat oh, a ball yeah um, <laughs> I gotta sweat this ball hi you're on the Rick Emerson show hello Rick I gotta tell you though lacrosse is an American Indian sport I don't believe that. that's you're making that up. No, no, no. Why does, it have have a French, why does it have a French name? They're French Indians. Well, the, the French were the trappers who headed back into the uh, the, the wilderness while the uh, Englishmen sat on the coastline and enjoyed the little towns, of course. But Susie Durkins also plays lacrosse. Okay, but I just, let's stop. First of all, whoever thought that we would be talking this much about a sport that's not even happening this year. Uh, I know we were going to be doing, we were actually going to be doing, uh, <laughs> It's pointless to talk about it now because I guess the season's not happening. We were going to be doing a bunch of giveaways with it. I think we were going to be doing like a remote, or not a remote, but we were going to be you know out there and we were going to do a thing for the Glorious Bastards. None of which apparently is happening. Our season's done. But so, a let's get back to your business that the Indians invented lacrosse. Please, please to clarify this. Well, they played the game before the white man even got to this country. And then huh? they became too busy. How do you, what with what with the genocide and all? They just didn't have the time. Right. It was hard to get a good team together after the smallpox. And uh, season ticket holders are really screwed. Five, <laughs> five of our starters are withering away on blankets in a tent somewhere. We're not really going to be able to not really going to be able to have our big lacrosse festival this year. Um, so, how do you know that this is true? I remember from fifth grade social studies, number one. They did not teach you in fifth grade social studies that Indians created lacrosse. I don't well, remember they, anything from the fifth grade. You? The Aztecs created a form of basketball played with stone hoops, and the losers got killed and eaten. I believe you are just perpetuating uh, ra racist stereotypes now, sir. Basketball was invented in Springfield, Massachusetts, by a white man. Several white men. <laughs> several tasty white men. The cheetah is the fastest animal on earth. I'll send you the link later. Oh, uh, yeah, you do that. All right, bye now. As soon as you write it. Seriously, as soon as I go to Wikipedia and create a fictitious entry about Indians creating lacrosse, it's got a French name. Thus, you would think it was from France. Unless this is going to be some Douglas Adams thing where every every uh, uh, planet in the galaxy simultaneously invents gin and tonic at the same time. Uh, I, lacrosse calls. We're getting nothing but lacrosse calls. Lacrosse is huge. Well, it keeps everyone's mind off the disaster drill. It's affected us all so much. Somebody, I wonder if the, I wonder if the terrorism would prevent the lacrosse game from happening. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hi, Rick. This is Duke. How are you? What's up, Duke? Duke really? Uh, yeah, Duke Lacrosse. The um, uh, <laughs> it really was. Thank you, my alter ego. It really was. Uh, it really was invented by American Indians. In okay. fact, um, and the reason that it's called lacrosse. The exact same thing that the guy was saying. French trappers settled settled the area. They gave it a name that the whites could pronounce, so it became lacrosse. It also started the worst genocide um, uh, on the Indians in uh, in northern Michigan. They used a lacrosse game. What were just the were the French just real sore losers? Uh, <laughs> Where is it? There no, is a it disputed was... goal. I will kill everyone. No, it was 
the British at Fort Mackinac. The uh, uh, the the Indians were playing lacrosse outside the gates. It sounds like and, a joke, like the beginning to a joke. Three Indians are playing lacrosse outside a French embassy. Yes, yeah, exactly. And the monkey says no. Anyway, and they used the lacrosse game to get all of their all their warriors close to the gates while they were open, and then they ran in and they killed all the white people inside the inside the. Uh, the fort. Well, who, it, can, who can fault it, for that? And it just pretty much started a uh, a train of death and destruction that didn't end until they were all gone in about 30 years. Well, all right then. The end. So, yeah, American Indians didn't vent lacrosse. Okay. Bye now. Bye. So, is the American Indians and not the Mexican Indians who invented lacrosse? I don't think there are Mexican Indians. Yes, they are the Aztecs. They're not Indians, they're Aztecs. Aztec Indians. I'm pretty sure. I didn't pay attention to a lot of a lot Aztecs of high school. Aztecs are Indians. I don't think that's true. I believe that Indians. No, no, no. Let me stop. I, I now I don't even know. I used to know this. Is it not true that now I don't know the answer to this? I do believe that what we refer to as Indians are uh, the descendants of Spaniards and. No. Am, am I getting it backward? No. Is it this? Is it this right here? Maybe I've got it wrong. Is it that is it that the, many of the peoples of what is now Mexico, uh, Hispanics, are the descendants of Spaniards and Indians? Is that right? Yes. Correct. That's it. Okay, that's, that's exactly answer. what it is. Yeah. It is that uh, the people who are already here that's and the Spaniards uh, intermingled and the descendants of Indians and Spaniards are Hispanics. I don't know where the Aztecs are into this. Not that they did it willingly, mind you. I be, yes, I'm sure it was. I'm sure there was a dating service all set up. It's called a gun. Uh, I don't. Uh, and so, and then the Aztecs. Were the Aztecs the people conquered by Cortez? Yes. Okay. Why well, you? Why do you remember that? I was just guessing, but you seem to actually know it. Well, I went to school. I went to school too. I don't know anything. I don't even know CPR. But, but all your answers have been correct. I'm like the teacher correcting the. That is the so exam. weird. Do I get all a your gold, answers have been correct? So gold far. star of some kind. All right. So all right, there you if go. If you wish. Uh. So blah blah blah. Cortez. Blah blah blah. Uh. Genocide. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, remember that Tacoma woman who uh, put an ad on Craigslist who was mad at her aunt and said, come to this house and take whatever you want. I do indeed. And people happily obliged. They wrecked the place. Yes, I do. Well, not that they wrecked it. They just didn't leave anything in the place. It became her aunt's vacant house. Uh, now Nicole Blackwell has pled guilty for placing that ad and inviting the public to come on out and take whatever they wanted. People Which didn't is so great. Show up and That's carry wonderful. Everything. I am amazed that that actually hasn't happened Even the kitchen often. sink. Yeah. Even I the mean, kitchen sink. Oh, I can think of a whole bunch of people I'd like to do that too. So, uh, let's see here. So she only gets three months of home detention in, in a home full of things, not an empty home. So what kind of, what kind of public... And as we all know, house arrest is a bogus punishment for anything. It's something you give, you know, to Paris Hilton or something. Yes. All right. uh, let's see here. Uh, Yamhill County Sheriff's Department is asking us to help find the man with amnesia. Uh, at approximately 4.10 p.m., they were notified that a missing amnesia man is nowhere to be found. Mr. Callis has global amnesia. Mr. Callis? Mr. Really? Callis that sounds like a bad SNL character. He was the last seen wearing a native blue, uh, navy blue native pride hat, a denim jacket, a yellow t-shirt, blue jeans. He has long hair and a blade. A braid. <laughs> long hair and a blade. Well, I'm not looking to find that guy. F him. He is despondent. <laughs> it indicated he was out to go find work. He was on foot and does not drive. So 
The question is, how why hard do people let him go in the first place? Seriously, if he's on foot, how hard can it be just to say, no, no, we're locking the door now? Uh, the family said he took a backpack and a laptop. They didn't know where he was going. He takes medication, but will go days without remembering who he is. Knowing this, they just let him go and told us to go find him. <laughs> it sounds like he's not the only amnesiac or the only Mr. Callus. Uh, but Sheriff Crabtree says, <laughs> my, really? office is, Honestly, my office Crabtree? is committed to help in locating Mr. Callus, said Sheriff Crabtree. Sheriff Crabapple. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we have a lot of hope. And with no. the public's help, we can locate Mr. Callus. That hope is misguided. Mr. Callis. I'm bleeding. I don't care. He has global amnesia, so no matter where he global goes, global amnesia. He can't remember where he is. He can't. He's he and Miss South Carolina. So he hoped to find a job in that condition. Yeah. All right. Why would you ever hire an amnesiac? We should totally hire him to replace Scotty. How great would it be to have an amnesiac PA? That I could milk that for all kinds all of. All the comedy. podcast fans would be awful upset. Yeah. Hi. You're on the. I forgot. To, I forgot to put up the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've already got an amnesiac PA. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Yes. Hey, Rick, about bridges and nuclear explosions, uh, during the Cold War, they say that uh, the Russians had targeted, uh, used the Fremont Bridge as an aerial target if they ever nuked Portland, uh, because it's pretty much in the center of the city, close to the shipyards, and it also uh, is very visible from uh, the air. All right. Well, I always figured it would just, like, you know, it, it, like if it was going to be the Russians, you know, flying over the city, it would just be the coin tower or something, because you can see it, and it's right there in the middle. Right. I don't know how that would uh, how it would work with a terrorist, because I don't think a terrorist is going to use a Russian bomber. Well, I'm just saying, back There's, when we worried about the Russians. Put it on a Russians. time that bus would be my guess. That's, yeah. Well, right. they get them now at Falcon Basement. Price. You can buy, probably buy one dirt cheap at food stamps. Thank you. All right, there you go. You can probably buy something from the Russians for a handful of shiny beads. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, hey, this is George. George. George, is this your real speaking voice? Hey, yeah. Okay. This actually is, unfortunately. Are we drinking today? Oh, George. Oh, this is 211, George. No, I was going to say the Aztecs uh, created basketball, too. Are, are we leading up to a joke? No, or is this I, I, oh, no. Basketball was, that's not true. Basketball was invented in Missouri. Tim? No. Yeah, right. Tim, basketball. Where was yeah. it invented? Massachusetts. Massachusetts, I'm they sorry. They take the heads of the... When they when they'd go out and conquer these, you know, have these battles, and they had these these hoops. That is not true. They would yes, they had. These. Sarah's shaking her head, but it's a known fact that basketball was created in America. That's I think so. Well, well, to... It was the same kind of sport. They throw the, the they chop their heads off and throw them through these. Understand? I am not a jingoist. I'm not some America does everything first and better guy. Oh, but please, I thought it was. Neither am I. I thought it was a known fact that basketball was one of the only sports invented in the United States. Well, I'm just saying that they. I'm not really sure that chopping off people's heads and throwing them around is a sport, though, sir. I think you may have... If you think it's a sport, why don't you ask the people whose heads were chopped off? Ask them if they think it was a sport. Yeah, well... You sound really down about the whole thing. I am. I'm just depressed that Scotty's leaving. Aw, well... I'm all sad and stuff. Are you, are you, are you going to be drinking later? I'm drinking now. What are you drinking, sir? 211. But what 211 is it? 211, George. Okay, 211. Sarah? I, KS. I don't know. Steel Reserve. Oh, Steel all right. Reserve. Okay, okay, there you go. You know, Kelsey drinks Steel Reserve. Come uh, on, catch up. All right. Sorry. Thank you, sir. <laughs> now he's back to drinking. It's Aztec basketball tonight. <laughs>
I mean, really, the idea that he would consider it a sport that they were lopping the heads off their enemies and kicking them into a hole, I'm not really sure that's a sport. I think that might just be killing. Just because you enjoy it doesn't make it a sport, sir. Um, you know? I mean, really, that would make that would make, uh, that would would make make Ted Bundy a triathlete, and I don't really know that that counts. Are you looking at basketball? Yeah. Where, no, no, it's like it was invented in 1891 in, in, blah, blah, blah. in uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, I told you. <laughs> this is Tim Smugly. Well, it's from Massachusetts. by the Aztecs. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded just like the dad. They were forced to learn Spanish. You, you and s- have intimate relations with <laughs> people from other countries. Intimate relations. You sounded just like the just like the dad and the commitment. Just now. Elvis wasn't a Cajun. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Here we go again. Rick, get it together. The Aztecs totally invented basketball. I have... It's not true. Quit saying the Aztecs invented... You're being a little pissy about that. I'm not being pissy yes, at you all. Are, because I remember seeing... Um, books, I don't even care. I remember seeing pages in my textbooks when I was younger about the Aztecs playing certain sports. And I don't know if they invented basketball, but I think they had a game that was similar to basketball. Understand, I don't even really care. It's just one of those but things that... But I think that you do. People... It doesn't matter to me. I'm not a basketball fan. Don't try to pick a fight where a fight doesn't exist. I'm not picking a fight. You're the one who's going on and on. I'm just saying you keep yelling that, you know, the Aztecs didn't have basketball. It's fine. But I do remember looking at pictures when I was younger about about them, like, playing some kind of sport or They something. had no cameras. There were no pictures of Aztecs playing basketball. Well, not pictures. I mean, like, drawings Cave and whatnot. Drawings. Cave drawings. <laughs> there was a charcoal sketch of a guy holding a thing. Um, no, it doesn't matter to me. Please, don't, I, I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to get the obstreperous about it. I just know how Tim gets whenever we say that something wasn't really invented in New in New England. I know that New Englanders can. There's a line that can be crossed, and then New Englanders become uh, very violent. Well, I, I just thing. know that Aztecs did not invent basketball. <laughs> I just think it's great because it's a stupid <laughs> argument to have. I mean, it really is the very definition. It's been going on now for some. <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, sir, I'm not trying to be difficult. About I'm not it. involved in this at all. It's you guys. Your, your tone is just so angry. No, about it's it. like everyone keeps writing me like, "Why is Rick being an ass today? Why is he so argumentative?" I'm, I'm not. I'm I don't think you're being argumentative. You're being inquisitive. I'm being inquisitive. I'd like to know. I'm saying all the historical documentation. Somebody Put a bee in your bonnet at the end. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I think the whole thing. I think this is really one of those conversations only this show would ever have, which is why it's great. Where are we on this program without disproportionate anger about things that don't matter? Really, if you take that away, Sarah, we're we're just giving people traffic. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is David. Um. What did I call for? The whole it says Aztec. on the screen you called about Scotty and Aztecs. Yes, yeah, sorry. Well, first of all, Aztecs. Yes, sir. Um, they did, I don't know if the Aztecs are mine, but they did have a game. Somebody. They used the ball, not somebody's head. And they had a hoop. This guy who actually was more like Quidditch than basketball. They had to throw it through really? the hoop. Honestly? Yeah. This it, was, it was a whole – I don't know if they had – I think they just had one on each end. But the thing about this game was that the losers were all killed. So it was sort of – so it was really more like soccer. No, because the ball was in the air. I mean, I and they had to throw it. They, it's they could making a violence joke. All right. So, <laughs> All right. And, and they literally did kill the losing team. So it was, uh, they didn't have the staple center to loot, so they just decided to kill whoever was on the court. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. And then, whoa, 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 whoa. Scotty J. Yes. Different topic, I guess. But let's see. He went to Mount Hood Community College for how long? Uh, Scotty, for how long did you go to Mount Hood Community College? How long did you get to burn through twenty thousand dollars well, at that place? That's, that's what I'm getting to. Because his new job, three, is he going to be in radio. Three years, actually, twice really? as long as his employment here. 
<laughs> Wait, so he went to school for this job, but now he has to leave this job. So, so he actually went to school for two days for well, every day he worked forever. here. <laughs> forever, ever. Well, it just doesn't make any sense. Scotty needs to uh, either stay in radio or just find a new life somewhere else. Uh, you know what? Like Don Draper, just burn his identification and run into the hills. A new life. Scotty, our advice to you is that you go live in a Change cabin. Dog tags. We, somebody. Yes. <laughs> we would like for you to go live in an outcropping in Pocatello, Idaho. With the Aztecs. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact that you think it was either the Aztecs or maybe the Mayans, because they're sort of interchangeable in your head. Well, they are. I mean, <laughs> Bye now. South American. Bye. Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, here we go. I, I have a letter. Ever. You're indeed correct in assuming that Aztecs, Incans, and Mayans are indeed Indians. When one looks at it linguistically, my Mexican grandmother was able to procure a job at an Indian reservation by claiming and winning that her Mayan heritage counted as an Indian. The courts agreed. Also, please tell Rick that saying, integrating with the Spanish is the nicest way I've ever heard of mass killing and raping. I Well, I didn't... Signed, Erin Geek in the City. I hate... I didn't want to use the phrase mass force rape uh, during the show because it's a little bit of a downer. It's kind of a buzzkill. I was trying well, to find... Erin's people. I was trying to soften the language. Um, all right, so here we have this. We're speaking historically now. Do you know which are the only uh, ball games which have been identified as being invented by North Americans, Sarah? The ball games? Ball games. Games involving a ball. Bowling. The only ball games which are identified as having been created by North Americans, basketball, dodgeball, volleyball, and lacrosse. Who are invented the, bowling? The only huh. ball games. Now, but see, but now, but that does not rule out Indians creating them because, of course, blah, 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 North Americans, blah, 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 here beforehand. Blah, well, they, blah, are, blah. they are the Cleveland Indians, and they were baseball you know, I'm not thinking this is specific to our show. I'm, as I'm looking up for how football was invented, like, there are just pages of people screaming back and forth at each other. That's what I'm saying. It's... It is one of those things that ought to be simply answered, and I'm fascinated by things that ought to have yes, a... they didn't invent basketball. Get over it. Whatever, you get over it. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid Hitler! You know, that's always what it is. Somebody always jumps in with this. You know, another guy who loved basketball, and he killed six million Jews. Uh, all right. I No, I am fascinated by things that ought to have a simple, easy answer, and then as soon as you ask it, it's like, <laughs> bonfire. So... Lest you think I'm just being an ass about it. I don't think you're being an ass. All right. Let's all not hug. Um, <laughs> Jesus. It, this one in all caps with a thousand exclamation marks. It was the Mayans. Shut up. Actually. What was that, Sarah? Oh. oh. It's, it's my lunch. All right. People listening at home probably thought it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we break? Jesus, it's 40 yeah, minutes after the hour. Late. I've done nothing. All right. Uh... That's what I'm going to say at the end of my life, you know? The end of my life is going to be like one over, yeah, some one stop set that we're late for. And I'm just going to let go, but I've gotten nothing done! Ah, oh, crap. Well, this is turned into like a Ken Burns documentary. All we need is jazz music and then a camera slowly sliding within a single frame of a, of a static picture. All right, back after this is Rick Emerson Show. Hour, only on the Rick Emerson Show, AM 970, Solid State Radio. Excellent, fantastic. We're going to quit talking about the Mayans. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Scotty, no disrespect to the caller. Will you take uh, this guy in line three? Or line 69, as it says for some reason. And uh, will you explain to him that I think we're moving on from the Aztec 
It, it may be a Mayan basketball champion, for all we know. The, I do have to finish it out, actually, by reading this one email. Um, this is like that day that we, this is years ago, that day we had that whole raging, like, 40-minute argument about why people tap their cigarettes, and there were callers, like, screaming at each other and hanging up. And, uh, Rick, let's see. George is right. I just got back from Belize, and the Mayans had a game, which does actually sound like Quidditch, with hoops on the wall, and they use balls that were heavy like medicine balls. This is, in fact, much closer to modern-day basketball than the game uh, that James Nysmith invented. By the way, Rick, there's also a legend about a great athlete being chosen to be the first chief, but then he needed knee surgery, and the tribe lost their $10 million <laughs> signing bonus. All right. Thank you. Uh, let's see. What are we doing here? Uh, this is... Hi, you're on the... Jesus. All right. We'll get back to whatever that is. <laughs> I am being crushed by a rock-pressing device. Uh, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. So, uh, Rudy Giuliani will be prepared for an alien attack on the U.S. He was uh, speaking in Exeter, New Hampshire yesterday and uh, taking questions from the kids on what would happen if there was life on other planets. Yes. See if it came here well, Here's his reply. Both of you? Who, who gets the choice? Father or son? Um, if we find that there is something living on another planet, and it is bad, and it comes over here. Creepy. What would you do? <laughs> so Rudy's clapping is fine. Shaking the hand of the young child. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that that is the first time I've been asked that question. In presidential campaigns, you find and you find that you get asked the same questions over and over again, which is good because what it shows is that the people in New Hampshire are are really concerned about the same things as the people of Florida and Iowa. And you, you guys are much more similar than you think you are. You are. Bluffing. But that's the first time I've been asked, how do you get prepared for an uh, outer space attack? Just say you'll protect us from aliens. Well, if we're properly prepared for all the different things that can happen to us, we'll be prepared for that as well. Right? <laughs> so we, He's we'll, asking we'll, we'll the be kid. For anything that happens. Please assure me. And uh, I think we have here a buddy... This could be Steven, the new Steven Spielberg. No I think Steven Spielberg's best uh, work is like a science. Yeah. You think you want to be a science fiction writer or a scientist? This is a long, awkward what response. What do you want to do when you grow up? Uh, what? A what? A sculptor. Wow. Wow. Well. No response. In less than an hour, <laughs> aircraft from here will join others from around Thank the world. You. That's wonderful. All right. The, why couldn't he have said something like that? If he would have channeled Bill Pullman at that and moment, given that speech, would I would have voted for him. Why? Yeah. But how odd that he spoke for like 90 seconds and at no point did he assure the tender young lad that he will in fact be safe from an alien rape ship. At no point, at no point did he say that xen that what is it xenophobic or xena xenophobe whatever that uh, that alien holocaust can be averted. Mm -hmm. Jesus.
And the kid didn't ask the question like a kid would ask the question. Right. He didn't say aliens, which is how we, it makes me think that the question was uh, either prompted by the dad or planted by one of Giuliani's handlers because they thought it would be a good laugh moment. Because a little boy would never ask that. A little boy would go, if something from another planet, it's not good, it's bad, comes here. The kid would never ask that. The kid would just go, will you protect us from aliens? And by the way, it should be noted that Giuliani apparently will not protect us from aliens. Um, all right. He's, those aren't the aliens he seems obsessed with. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. These are not Rick the aliens is... he's looking for. <laughs> this is White Man, actually. Yes, hello. This uh, is uh, Justin White Man. Yes. Um, I was calling because I was letting you guys know I'm working at Hysteria City for uh, Halloween. Is that the place well, that has chainsaws and meat? That would be uh, my job, yeah. So, we, oh, I went to the haunted house. Is it the same one as last year? Is it the one uh, out out toward the uh, toward Wilsonville? No, this one is at the Clackamas Town Center parking lot. But it is actually pretty decent because where I'm at in the slaughterhouse, uh, <laughs> they on the weekends they have live metal bands. Really? Okay, so we're running ads actually for this. Isn't yeah. the Clackamas Town Center a, a murderous place after dark anyway? That's Tim yeah. Riley who said that. We did not say that. It's a fine place, <laughs> home to one of our many uh, paying sponsors. Um, a place that you should go, uh, and home to a fine advertiser who helps to keep us on the air here at AM 970. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. I, I was thinking of... Uh, Mall 205. I, I was thinking of the streets of Tannis Born. <laughs> oh, I'm right, totally going right. to check that. Thing. So is it pretty scary? Yes, it is. It's uh, It started out a little, a little choppy at first, but it's getting better. Uh, we're working out all the bugs right now, but... Um, uh, yeah, last year I was actually working over at the Oaks Park haunt, and I was the chainsaw guy there, too. The, how, how proud your parents must be. He has a good resume. Oh, they are. The, it's uh, great, because last year my dad, and, my mom and dad came up, and they sat in the kind of backstage area watching me scare the hell out of people. I actually made a full-grown man wet himself. <laughs> well, we occasionally will get these calls from somebody who's listening, and they said that they had to turn the radio off because they nearly wet their pants. And I always do take a special kind of perverse pride in that. So, yes. you know what, I uh, I am really uh, I'm glad that you were able to. It's like that guy we had who was a bouncer at the Crystal Ballroom, and he punched a guy in the face repeatedly until the guy actually soiled himself right there in the middle of the uh, right there in the middle of the floor. So, well, we run ads for this actually, and it's and it actually says Joe, the production guy, voices it, and the final line of the spot is actually something like with heavy metal, chainsaws, and meats. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Really, what that, that is an all-American haunted house. How could you possibly so, top that? I think if if you guys don't have anything to do on the weekend, you should come by and check it out Excellent. so I can scare the pants off you. All right. Um, All right. And also, just to say, I think that uh, um, I, we share kind of a common interest, Rick, because I'm into the whole leather face thing. I've got a lot of collections and whatnot. So this is kind of a way for me to express my you know love towards chainsaws. Well, you've accomplished the uh, task of unnerving all of us here, and we're in a studio miles and miles away from you. So <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like to be face-to-face -face with you, my friend. Hey, I'll see you at the haunt. All right, see ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye now. Okay. We can make grown men wet themselves. Is that the spot? Just put that on a resume. You'll actually urinate in your pants. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, so getting back to uh, politics, well, look who's in public. Fred Thompson, remember him? He was supposed to be uh, one of the front runners. 
He appeared in New York, Rudy Giuliani's hometown, and questioned Mr. Giuliani's self-proclaimed Republican status. I don't think the mayor has ever claimed to be a conservative. He sought and received the Liberal Party nomination. He supported a liberal Democratic gubernatorial nominee. And then when Pataki was elected, opposed tax cuts. So I don't know that he's ever claimed to be anything else. I think it's just a philosophical difference as to how best to win next November. It really sounded like he said tax sluts there for a second. It does. And let me, which is a great, you know what they, here's a great idea. You know, they have uh, they have that coffee place now. I forget what it's called, but it's like chicks with big cans and bikinis serve you coffee. There ought to be a place, because people in my demographic, the, 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 the sort of guys are often, uh, they don't take the reins of their own financial security. They let the, you know, they don't do their taxes right. They, they don't file for things. They don't invest correctly. There ought to be a financial management place, though, uh, where you go, and it's like hot girls in bikinis who do your taxes and help you with your financial planning. That's that a great a good idea. It's a great idea, and you would totally get guys uh, who would go there. What would it be called? Uh, wait, don't tell me. It would be hot girls who help you with your taxes and your financial planning. It seems like there's something just on the tip of my tongue that I can't quite reach. I don't come to me. Uh, th- I've come to this conclusion about Fred Thompson, though. Here's the thing. You know, he's... a dog. His, his, big, his big advantage is that he's fat. The people say that he's sort of got a presence to him, a real, uh, you'll forgive the pun, kind of a weight, but I think it is only because he is a physically so large man. Organization here. What, what's happening over there, Tim? Uh, this machine is taking off on its own. Okay. Well, blah, 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 uh, yada, yada, he's a big guy. But, you know, does it sound like he's just totally uninterested in actually being president? When he speaks, it's like it's all he can do to actually stay awake. Uh-huh. I mean, so, well, whatever. He's not going to win anything. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so, anyway, getting back to Fred Thompson. He says, uh, well, Giuliani handled 9-11 well, but it doesn't mean he has conservative values, now does it? Does it? Does you, it, Mr. Thompson? Are, are you asking me? <laughs> I, I'm trying to get that Fred Thompson. I think that the crime situation is a, is a laudable approach that he took. I think that the aftermath of 9-11, we applaud him for that. No question about that. But we're talking about the future security and future prosperity of our country. What's going to bring about prosperity? He sounds like he should be selling Pepperidge Farm. I was just, I was just some kind of, some kind of classic pickle from the South. Uh, when you listen to him. It sounds like you need to kind of wipe off his lips. It sounds like he's sort of collecting spittle on his lower lip. I find it very off-putting to listen to. All right. The Affleck brothers are returning to Boston. Uh, They are there for the premiere of Gone Baby Gone. This is a film directed by Ben Affleck and stars his younger brother Casey. Both grew up in Cambridge. The film is based on a book by Boston author uh, Dennis Lehane, and it was filmed in and around Boston. Affleck says he's pleased with the results of his di- directorial debut. I'm proud of the work that everybody did on this movie, and when I watch it, there are things about this movie that drive me crazy because I wish I could do them differently, but for the most part, I'm happy with it. Uh, meanwhile, Clay Aiken is heading to Broadway. Uh, Clay Aiken will star in the Monty Python <laughs> a Spamalot play. Uh-huh. Uh, Aching will star as uh, Sir Robin, a role originated by Fraser alumnus David Hyde Pierce. Aiken's run is expected to uh, last through May 4th, hopefully. Uh, Spamalot opened on the Great White Way in the spring of 2005 and won a Tony Award for the Best Musical of the Year. The, gr- the Great White what? Way. Oh, Way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Madonna and concert promoter Live Nation, Clear Channel, announced a deal that'll give Live Nation a stake in her albums, tours, merchandising films, and other music-related projects. 
Financial terms are not disclosed in the joint press agreement released by Madonna and Live Nation. A person familiar with the agreement previously told the AP it's worth $120 million over 10 years. Don't you wonder? Well, let me just stop here. She's going to be around forever. I, she'll never die. No. Uh, she Because somebody at Warner Brothers, they're trying to put the best face on this, though. And somebody at Warner Brothers said this kind of snarky thing. And he said, well, he goes, we, he, was, he was speaking off the record. And he said something to the effect of, uh, this is I'm paraphrasing now, but he said something to the effect of, what do we want with a 60-year-old Madonna? And I mean... What it, other 60-year-olds can fill up the MGM? I was just going to say, you don't want to let it... You know, Madonna is like Hillary Clinton. You don't want to let her hear you talking like that. She'll have your legs broken. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, you will, you, yeah, you, you will, you'll you end up at the bottom of uh, of the Hudson River. So let's get back on Spamalot for just a second, because I know it came through. It came through town, or it's coming through. Was it here? Is it gone? I think it's here and gone. Here and gone already? Yeah. And I never did see it. No. Um... I kind of feel bad that I've not seen it because I'm a guy, and so it feels like I ought to go give money to a Monty Python thing. But for whatever reason, it doesn't really appeal to me. I guess maybe I'm just not geeky enough. Maybe it's just that my nerd them only go so far. Has anybody here seen Spamalot? No. Cause no. It, because every time I have, you know, it's like the record-breaking blah, 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 blah. It's the only thing other than... I think it's the only thing other than producers that's ever really gotten young guys to the theater. And so now they're following it up with, I think, uh, Mel Brooks is turning young Frankenstein into a Broadway play. So I guess that's the, uh, I guess that's the deal. I will say, though, uh, that like all guys uh, my age, at one point at a school talent show when I was in, like, seventh grade, I did, in fact, do the whole African swallow carrying a coconut uh, speech uh, with somebody else. That was, I, did, like, I did the whole coconut scene from... Uh, Monty Python of the Holy Grail out loud just because I'm because I'm a retard. Um, Rick, hot chicks doing your taxes. It'll be called Shake Your Money Maker. Okay, that's close. We're getting somewhere. That's almost it, sir. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Blah blah blah. Meanwhile, Christina Applegate's return to the television is apparently worth watching. The numbers show the four-year Married with Children star's new ABC comedy Samantha Who. Drew an average of 14.9 million viewers. <laughs> Were you just doing some sort of a bird call? I guess so. Uh, 14.49. Wow. <laughs> Let me try this again. 14. <laughs> I need one of those uh, chicks that are good with numbers. 14.9 million viewers, which is pretty good to the 9:30 slot Monday night. The sitcom followed uh, an hour and a half episode of the hit reality competition program Dancing with the Stars that had a 19.2 million share. Uh, and ABC's a comedy Chuck showed new signs of life with the uh, ratings of 19% this week. Is Chuck another one of those? There's I, don't know. Just, I think Chuck is that he's that thing about some IT guy. He's like a tech support guy who works for the government or something. Oh, like a big-breasted, um, like Secret Service agent that works with him. When I was in New York, those posters were everywhere. He's kind of di- um, dumb-looking, and she has huge boobs and like is wearing a zipped-up thing to about her navel. <laughs> Um, Chuck is a because Scotty says Chuck is a nerd learning to be a CIA guy. Let me guess though, is the gimmick that he keeps his uh, his minimum wage job during the day, but then he's a CIA guy on the side. Is the is the shtick though that he's still got his like his crap job during the day? Yeah, I've never seen the show, but I'm gar- I'll guarantee you that's what it is. It's always the same. Because of course it's not funny otherwise. All right, and yeah, Tim Riley. Oh, then, sorry. Oh, Scotty. Scotty. Yes, Rick. Some people have to get another job, Rick. <laughs> Thank you, Scotty. All right, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. So uh, Fox uh, had only 9.6 viewers for the third game. 9.6 viewers. One guy was a paraplegic. But it was the Boston Red Sox playing the Indians. So now the Mines do play baseball, too. What? It's time for Britney Watch. Oh, wait. uh, Yeah, okay. Oh, that's right. You've got that over there. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your Britney Watch uh, for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show on KCMD. 
Portland. Well, Brittany is no stranger to being photographed, but it's not often she has fingerprints taken at the same time. Last night, she reported to a Van Nuys police station to face charges of hit and run and driving without a valid license. Officer Mike Lopez says Spears turned herself in around 9 o'clock and left about 45 minutes later. She was fingerprinted and photographed. She was fine and cooperative. What does her mugshot look like? Is it terrible? I haven't seen it Probably not because she probably had a lot of time to prep for it. Oh, she did her business and then came out. I guess she. I'm had sorry. To go. That's what she. She did her business and then came out. Okay. Uh, Spears is at 25. She was wearing a large designer uh, pair of sunglasses and a black turtleneck dress and a jacket. As she left the station, uh, she said everything went smoothly. They were nice, she said. She told uh, uh, KKL9 that the uh, police are very nice to her. She was wearing sunglasses because she had pink eye too. Is that true? Well, I heard yeah. her kids have all got pink eye. Uh. I mean, that's a thing. I was reading it. It was a TMZ report of that. I'm not saying it's Wait, true. So if she hasn't been spending time with her kids, how do they all get pink eye? I don't know. I don't even really know what pink eye is. Is it like a, just an it's infection? It's itchy and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty? Um, the, I, what is it? Is it like a... Uh, when I lived in the sorority, like... Like getting one a sty person, or something? No, it's, it's, your eye gets really watery and it's really gross and like gooey and like you wake up in the morning and kind of like crusted shut. Oh. oh! I think I had that when I was a kid, Yeah, maybe. and it's super itchy and you have to get, um, eye drops, so, but it's highly contagious. So when I lived in the sorority in college, one person got it, the entire house had pink eye within like Did a you day. have pink eye? Oh, yeah. Did I got it, it suck? I got How it several times. Is that like from eye to eye contact? I'm pretty... No, no, like if they touch their eye and then touch something, no, like the surface dam. of something, or you touch them and you accidentally touch your eye. Then I, then I think your... I must have had that when I was a kid. Uh, I remember uh, when I was, uh, not to be gross to people, but I remember when I was about four or five. Uh, I'd forgotten all about that. I had uh, some business with my eyes uh, when I was a little kid, and I do remember my mom having to put like an ointment on my eyelashes or my eyelids or whatever because I would wake up in the morning and they would be all dunked together, mm-hmm. which is either gross, but, but I didn't know really what that was. And, and yeah, it's really gross. really little, though, so I don't remember anything about it. So... Well, there you go. So Britney Spears and the blah, 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 and the hey, hey. The mugshot's probably not going to suck, though, because she, in the post-Tom DeLay era, everybody knows to kind of prep for your mugshot. I have this great book called So You're Going not to everybody. Prison. Not everybody. Well, when you know that you're going to get uh, pulled over, uh, uh, taken into... Uh, <clears throat> now my eyes starting to itch because I'm thinking about it. It's Ooh. probably a tapeworm. Uh, the uh, anyway, so Britney's uh, the mugshot is is probably okay. I had some observation I was going to make about Britney KCal nine. Oh yeah, it's that I saw the front cover of I think it's People magazine this week where it's her and what's her Lynn Spears is that her mom? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about Britney, uh, the, 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 maybe it's just that they chose a bad photograph of her. She was just snapped at an inopportune moment. But it's not even that she looks bad. She looks just flat out goofy. I mean, she just looks kind of goggly-eared, and I mean, her face is all, everything looks like it's in the wrong place. It almost looks, have you ever seen a, a photograph of a celebrity where you can tell that they have inadvertently flopped the photograph? In other words, they've taken the negative and they've turned it backward. Uh, because, you know, people don't realize that one of your eyes, even if you don't know it, one of your eyes is higher than the other, one of your ears is bigger than the other. Your face is typically not symmetrical. One side of your face does look slightly different than the other, and you don't really realize it. Until you see a photograph of somebody that has been flopped. And the, the the picture of Britney on the cover of this week's People, I'm pretty sure, has been flopped because she just looks weird. 
Like you expect her to be getting a baby Ruth from, uh, you know, from, you know, from Chunk. It's just she just has a weird, like her face got all slid around or something. This is actually Brittany's actually not looking so bad. Her hair looks pretty there. Well, I suppose. She's is that a real hair? Like a Katie no. Holmes thing going on. I think on, that is right there. Either. I think it's about like four inches now. When did she shave her head? February? Well, this year? Mm. So that's what, like eight months ago? So her hair is, is, is probably no longer than mine at this moment. Your hair grows real slowly. Mm. If she shaved her head, it's probably about like mine or Tim's at this point. Yeah, certainly not that long. All right. Uh, is there other stuff with Brittany? No. All right. <laughs> Hey, Brittany, watch. some of these calls about God knows what. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Please don't be calling about basketball. No, I'm calling about the hot chicks doing your taxes. Yes. Call it T and A. Which taxes stands for what? and assets. <laughs> okay, oh, I like that. That's really good. Mm-hmm. T and A, taxes and assets. That's great. That's, see, that's fantastic. And again, the, the, and the deal is with these businesses, this can only be a gimmick. You have to really offer top flight financial service. They have to really know what they're talking about or be fronting for people who do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, like you got some, you know, some homely guy in the back room that actually cranks out the forms or whatever. Uh, but, but the, yeah, you have the girls there to get you in the door. TNA, taxes and assets. You ought to be writing that down right now, sir. That's a great idea. Have a good day. Thank you, my friend. All right. Nobel Pain Prize. Rick, I've got your name oh, and your wait, slogan. Hold on. Stop. Don't talk. I didn't, I didn't, I don't have your sounder. Hold on. Uh, this is George from Wilson. I'm sorry. I didn't... One big fiesta for illegal aliens and homosexuals. Hello, George. How are you? Hi, hi. Come to Gold Diggers. We'll make sure your stock goes up. Stock spelled like beanstalk. We'll make sure your stock goes up. What is George? Stock is a wordplay. Stock versus stock. Why would a man's want... stock would be what member of his body? No, see now you've just gone too far. All right. Well, you know, give it a shot. Bye, Bye George. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, uh, Chuck, uh, you know, a couple good things about it. Adam Baldwin plays a creepy guy. You've got a blonde who wears a lot of lingerie all the time. Wait, hold on. Adam Baldwin is the guy from Sliver with Sharon Stone, right? No, Adam Baldwin is the guy that was in My Bodyguard in the 70s. He was in the X-Files in the late seasons. He was in Independence Day. Adam Baldwin? Yeah. He was in, he was in he was in my bodyguard. Who was he in my bodyguard? He was the bodyguard. No, the bodyguard was Matt Dillon. No. My bodyguard with Chris Makepeace and Matt Dillon? Go back there and look at it. Wait, or is Matt Dillon the bully in my bodyguard? Matt Dillon's the bully. Chris Makepeace, Matt Dillon, Adam Baldwin. Yes. Okay, now I have to get you know, do you realize the last time I saw my bodyguard Jesus, I think it must have been in the eighties. I think it's yeah. been twenty years since I've seen that. Okay. Anyway, the best part, I haven't even got to it yet. It was yes. brought to you by Mick G. Oh, Mick G, who did, uh, he did the Charlie's Angels films. Oh, yeah. Isn't that fabulous? Well, I suppose to some. Uh, all right, but you, but you think the show is, is, is the show funny? Is there, or is it That's sort crap. of, is it, <laughs> I think I was trying to, trying to find something redeeming. Sarah's relentlessly checking herself for pink eye. Sarah's just checking herself reflexively over and over again for eye infestations. 
It's starting to feel a little itchy. Yeah, it's because you keep jabbing your finger into it. Um, okay, but the show is crap. It's like it's it's like uh, cotton candy. You know, you watch it, you're just like, okay, I'm not a better person, I'm not a worse person. Well, at cotton candy though, you get the thing where you're about five handfuls in, and then you just start to hate yourself, and you wish you were dead. I think we're getting there. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye now. My bodyguard. I should go watch that again. I wonder if that still holds up. Uh, has anybody else in this room seen My Bodyguard? I must have at some point in time. I think it was, was a long time ago. No, Matt Dillon's first film role, I I've believe. Just seen oh. Bodyguard. Also, Chris Mace, make piece of uh, of going great fame. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Um, hey, Rick. Um, haven't heard much of your show today, but you guys were just talking about pink eye and all that good stuff because the, the correct term is conjunctivitis because I had it myself. And these were how good the people I used to work with have. And I called them up, let them know I was going to be late, told them what was going on. And as I got into work, if they had to stop and get this medicine, and I used to work at a wallpaper place, I get into work, and these two uh, guys up in the warehouse, they each had two rolls of wallpaper in the cross as I walked in there. And they, they said, you got to go pick up, you know, some paste and whatever. I come back after I make the run. They have told me to go home. I said, I'm not sick. They said, we don't want it. Go home. We don't want I, your type here. Yeah, I, I go, it might be a week or so. The doctor said, they don't care if it's two weeks. Get out of here. So that's, <laughs> that's how contagious that stuff is, and no one wants yeah. Well, I'm glad that Sarah's in the room with us now, scratching uncontrollably one of her corneas. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks. All right. Well, is it like a chicken pox thing where if you get it as a kid, though, you don't get it again? Oh, you can get pink eye hundreds of times. You can never stop getting pink eye. You think that you're done with pink eye, and then someone has pink eye, and then you accidentally touch your eye, and then you get it again. In case Sometimes I'm bored. You pink eye in both eyes. Really? Mm-hmm. Does it really turn your eyes pink? Uh-huh. Yeah. Pink and itchy and, oh, just Pink miserable. and itchy. Okay. I'll take worst album name for a thousand. Uh, we'll do one more and then we'll uh, have more news here. Do you know? Does that count as one more? No. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hey. Are you there? Yeah. What's up? Hey, the guy that was, uh, was in my bodyguard, isn't that the guy from... Uh, not, is it platoon? I don't know. Automobile? Uh, I, no. I don't, I don't know. Which guy are you talking about? Which, to which actor are you referring to? I guess Jack and I don't. I can't. I don't understand. Was it platoon? One of those army movies. <laughs> which, which guy in platoon? You know the guy that, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, the guy. You're jacking with me. Yeah, that's exactly what do you say, though, <laughs> when you're sitting there talking to old jackass? Mm. What are they all The jackass. The jackass. Which guy's the jackass? Which one's jackass? Nah. You asshole. Oh. oh, it all went away. Why there. did you have to ruin it like no, that? We were having did. so much fun. We were amusing ourselves. Oh, you. and now we had to get rid of the last 10 seconds. That just blows. Now we had to bleep the rest of your call, you, you suck, tool. Sir. Yeah, you're dead to me. It's a mutant baby. From the uh, the terror drill. I realize that what Tim said now just doesn't make any sense to anybody. Uh, Tim was just showing me a photo on a local Portland news blog. A mutant baby? Showing what pur- purports to be a mutant baby from the terror drill. It's radioactive. EIR, a radioactive baby. That's a great name for a band, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy was really Is funny until he decided to curse. Uh, no, I think that's part of the restraining device. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hey, Rick. What's up? Two, thing, two things, man. I, I went and saw Spam a lot with my oldest daughter. Uh-huh. It is just the greatest thing since Monty Python. I mean, it 
it is well done. It's it's funny, and you could tell these these guys were actually having a really great time doing it. Putting Clay Aiken in that just kill me, please kill well, me. I you know I, I don't I I don't do have any particular animosity towards Clay Aiken. I just find him sort of irritating. But so but you say so you say I, I'm in a, I mean I'm a Monty Python fan, uh, but uh, I just have never really felt compelled for whatever reason to see Spamalot. It seemed a little redundant. Is it? Let me ask you this: If I if for a big Monty Python fan, am I going to see stuff in in Spamalot that I haven't seen already? Oh, my God, yes, because what they've done is basically... <laughs> oh, oh, Lord, yes. Yes, they have taken, you know, they've taken basically uh, the Holy Grail, the, the the story. Right. And then they've added things to it, they've subtracted a few things from it, but they they throw in a lot of zingers and, like, so these big musical productions. I mean, when you have a musical production number, it's one of the biggest numbers, is, you know, you can't make it on Broadway without a Jew, you know you've got a hit. You know, they really did, and especially Eric Idle, who, I won't say he doesn't get the credit. He gets credit, but basically he only gets the credit by people who are familiar with Monty Python. He, outside the Monty Python world, because it is such an insular thing, it, it, sort of everybody in the world kind of knows about Monty Python. You know, everybody kind of knows who they are, but really... There, a lot of people, not many people really sit and watch Monty Python unless you are really kind of into that very British kind of humor. But Eric Idle is one of the most talented uh, lyricists, uh, you know, certainly of the latter 20th century, but people really never noticed it. Kind of like Trey Parker from South Park. Doesn't get the credit because, you know, he's writing in a cartoon. Well, Eric Idle never really got the credit because he was writing, you know, for, for this British sketch comedy show that a lot of people thought was just silly. So... I still hold up that universe song that he does for the meaning of life as one of the best, one of the best, most educational pieces of comedy ever written. When he, and they use that. They actually use is that in it, that song he does yeah. about, you know, we're yeah, in the universe that's yeah. expanding and contracting and then, 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 a thousand miles an hour, whatever that song is? Yeah, they use that and they also use always look on the bright side of life. Fantastic. Please tell me that every sperm is sacred is in this. No, I, uh, I, I wish I could lie to you. But also, I got a name for your your uh, your female accounting thing too. Yes. You could call it CBAs instead of CPAs, Certified Babe Accountants. CBAs. And your slogan could be, "We'll show you your assets if you show us ours." Yeah. Okay. See, this is great. Why has no one done this? This I really ought to win the lottery at some point just so I can have an idea mill that just cranks this stuff out and then people go and create these businesses. Well, you know, you could use the, the Rick Emerson copyright, you know, night, uh, 2007 right now, but I think I'll probably beat you to it on that one. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Bye now. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Is it 115? It is. Do you realize this program is more than half over? Is that true? Yes. We have The only thing we've accomplished is this. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, never going to get old. Here's Tim Riley. 42,000 pounds of food fly from a truck. This comes to us from Florida. A worker is over... No, 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 no! Super itchy and it sucks. Well, workers uh, emptied out a Stouffer's tractor trailer that flipped over on Southbound I-95, yeah. tying up traffic for most of the night. Stouffer? Mm-hmm. About 42,000 pounds of lean cuisine were all over the road. It was thrown out. Uh, salvageable boxes were taken to a sheriff's deputy's office and to local shelters for the poor people. The interstate was reduced to one lane. Uh, meanwhile, a 50-year-old new Smyrna, Florida man has been arrested after police say he urinated into milk and left bodily fluids inside the home. And is believed to be the naked bandit who has been terrorizing women for years by sneaking into their homes and tickling their feet. <laughs> oh, okay.
Okay, Sarah, let me ask you this. No, no, no I don't no. even want to play this game. No, no, no. I know you're going to do... Okay, what? No, no, you don't know. Okay, <laughs> what, what would you find worse? You're asleep. You wake up, and a guy is either A, licking the soles of your feet, or B, braiding your hair. Which is worse? I'd say braiding my hair. Because it's right near your right face. Right near your face, yeah. yeah. Okay, how about this? You wake up. A guy is either standing by the side of your bed wearing your bra and panties and posing, or you wake up and he's putting lipstick on your lips. I have to go with bra and panties. Are they my bra and panties? <laughs> yes. yes, of course. Mm. Okay, fantastic. And by the way, what the horrible thing about that phrase mm. is when they say, the man left bodily fluids behind. Oh. I can only think of three bodily fluids. Oh, well, there's Sweet four. Lord. I guess if you count blood, I guess blood is a bodily fluid. Um, but we all, it wasn't blood, and we we know it probably wasn't spit. So I'm guessing one of them is pee, and the other one is you know. Yeah, yeah. You know pee. what I'm talking. You... Well, a homeowner Linda Combs says she woke up to a naked man tickling her for the second time. Huh? I felt something on my leg. I thought it was my cat. I looked up and saw this naked guy. She didn't know if the, the man uh, charged with the crime is the man because she only saw his buttocks. Oh, I don't have to put his ass in a lineup. Mm -hmm. I would recognize him more if there was a shot of his skinny white butt. The second time he was naked as could be. Now, that's an interesting question. If you only see, if someone commits a crime and you only see, let's say, his butt, mm -hmm. uh, do they do a thing where they... Like I mean, a butt comparison? Seriously, this sounds dumb, but where they do a thing... Lineup? Well, you know, they'll do a voice lineup sometimes where they... Uh, like if you are... Um, if you are blindfolded and you only hear the voice of your assailant, they'll play voices of various people, just like in a lineup, and you identify the voice. I wonder if they would. Uh, I wonder if they would do the, 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 the you know the, the lineup where you just look at butts and try to pick up the offending butt. Huh. All right. Well, police said the uh, fellow admitted to breaking into the woman's home and uh, videotaping women while they slept. However, he has admitted not to tickling women. It appears he was improperly videotaping women in their homes, both awake and as they slept. Ugh. Uh. In one of the cases, he was seen urinating into a half gallon of milk. <laughs> That's just so Gross. wrong. I mean... It makes me feel nauseous. It makes me feel nauseous, and it also just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just doesn't... All right, well, whatever. Uh, Rick, speaking of pink eye, it gets spread because many parents are too stupid, says this emailer, to realize their children have it, and they bring their kids to places with lots of other kids where presumably they rub their eyes together. <laughs> There's a specific line item in the packet we hand out at Sunday school that I was too ob um that I thought was too obvious to include, so I asked about it. The other leader said it was important to keep it in because this still happens often. What was that line in the packet that all the parents get? Quote, do not bring your children to Sunday school if they have crusty, matted eyes. It's quote, like, don't you think that should go without saying? Yeah. I'm, Mommy, my eyes are crusted and matted. Well, get in the car. Lord Jesus will heal you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, a scratched woman has been arrested for disorderly conduct for allegedly shouting profanities at her overflowing toilet within earshot of a neighbor. Uh, Don Herb faces up to 90 days in jail and a fine up to $300. What was her name? Don Herb. Oh. Herb said the toilet was overflowing and leaking into the kitchen. As she says, uh, she doesn't recall exactly what she said, but admits to letting more than a few choice words fly near the open bathroom window. She said the neighbor asked her to keep it down. When she didn't, she called the police. The American Civil Liberties Union is taking up her cause, saying, You can't prosecute someone for swearing at a cop or a toilet. That's in Scranton. 
Uh, the CBS says, Rick, I heard you talking about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ridgemont High. I went to Marston Junior High, which fed into Claremont High School in San Diego, which is the school where Cameron Crowe went undercover before writing that book. Mm. My family moved the year I was going to go to high school, blah, blah, blah. My best friend was the student body president when Cameron Crowe attended Claremont High working in the book. Uh, she was the only student who knew who Cameron Crowe was and why he was there. If you'd like to talk to her, I will give you her phone number. How great would that be? That would be great. Scotty? You know, I mean, yeah, Scotty, uh, let's give Scotty a list of 5,000 things he has to get done before we'll let him leave. Uh, but we have to talk more to Scotty today, by the way, because we're, after, after Friday, we're not going to have that chance. We'll have to track him down at his real job. We should totally do that, by the way. We should continue to check in with Scotty at his real job and make him book guests for us. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. It's uh, Boba Fett. What's up, sir? Um, just sitting here amazed that you you're uh, you're at your knowledge of uh, Adam Baldwin. Well, now see, is, lack of. now is he of the Baldwin Baldwins? Yeah, Baldwin's Baldwins. Um, so what would I know him from? Uh, Animal Mother from uh, from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, really? And uh, Serenity. Uh, okay, now let's you and I talk about Serenity for a second. Okay. Now, uh, uh, now Serenity or Firefly? Both. See, now who is he on Firefly? Jane. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. All right. Well, fair. And he's related to the other Baldwins? Uh, I don't know about the relation thing, but, yeah, I just remember seeing him in Full Metal Jacket and then seeing him in, like, other... Uh, I should tell you this. Movies. I should tell you this right now, that I haven't seen the Serenity film. I'm slowly working my way through the Firefly series. Okay. Uh, I'm about halfway through the series right now, because I think we only ran the one season. So I'm about halfway through it right now. And as Fatboy noted, uh, the really weird thing when you watch Firefly now is how clearly Joss Whedon was just prepping for Firefly when he wrote Alien Resurrection. Uh, because if you go back and watch Alien Resurrection, and what's his name uh, on Alien Resurrection, is clearly just a prototype for Jane on Firefly. Um, anyway, uh, it's funny because the actual the episode of Firefly I'm on now is Janestown, uh, where he's got that huge statue, uh, and they're singing that whole A Man Called Jane song to him. Right. All right, so we don't know if he's related to the other Baldwins, but he is the guy from My Bodyguard. Right. Interesting. I had no idea. Well, I'm going to have to go back and view it with new eyes now. All right, Scotty J, I'm going to miss you. I was there for your first protest, buddy. Oh, that's right. You were down there when he was doing the Show Me the Baby thing. That's On Friday, right. we'll do Scotty's Greatest Hits. All right. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Well, good afternoon. Hello, sir. How you doing? Hey, um, hey when did uh, Steven Seagal agree to do another interview? That guy, I swear that was him. Oh, that, that guy, guy who called him. Hello. Yeah, he was like half dead and heavily medicated or something. I don't know what his deal was. And then he just became really profane at the end. We had to, we had to dump him and uh, hang up. We, we missed that. that we weren't able to share in it. Um, I just wanted to say that today is my first day of uh, unemployment slash voluntary retirement. And here's a list of things that I've done so far today. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. Well, that's what retirement is all about, sir. Oh. No, the National Lacrosse League will not have a 2008 season. Well, that's what so I thought. Industry-wide. I, I thought it was just a local thing. No, no, I think they can't. I think the National Lacrosse League tried to get some sort of a thing with the players, and the players, uh, whatever, told them to stuff it or something. That's probably not the actual language they used. Uh, and then said, blah, 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 and so now there's no lacrosse. Will that be missed? I... I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, we would. I mean, I know that the you know we carried uh, the, the lumberjacks games, and then we were actually planning to be on site, as they say, and to do some cross promotion with them. Uh, I'm not much of a sports guy, so I'm not the best guy to make assessments. But I do know that it does seem to be growing, and it's one of those things that was popular, like in Canada uh, and in certain parts of the U.S. But I do get the feeling it had some momentum behind it, so that's unfortunate. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Hey, what's up, Rick? Mm. Hello, sir. How can I help you? 
Hey, I was just going to call you and tell you that, uh, you know, Adam Baldwin is not part of the, uh, the Baldwins that we know and love and hate and detest and whatever. So he's a separate Baldwin. He is a separate Baldwin. All right, okay, fair enough. And, and he was the one that shot out the glass and blah, 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 was the big old stiff guy in uh, Independence Day. Wait, what? He was in Independence Day? Yeah. What did he do in Independence Day? Remember when the president said, is that glass bulletproof? He said, no, sir, and shot out the glass. And he was also the one that gave uh, Jeff Goldblum the gun. When... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I've, I haven't seen Independence Day as often as uh, some people in the studio. So, well, yeah, uh, yeah, probably because of the speech. <laughs> yeah, because I never need to see it again now. Yeah, I uh, hear you. All right, thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, there you go. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Well, girls who post pictures or put up online profiles are more likely than boys to, to be sluts. Unwanted encounters. Oh, that too. 11% of girls who use the Internet. A report that a stranger made them feel scared or uncomfortable online. Also, girls who put their pictures online are more than twice as likely to have frightening encounters than those who don't. Almost half the girls on the Internet said strangers had contacted them. About 10% said they were even scared. Overall, 32% of teens who go online say they've been contacted by strangers. The survey is based on a survey of 935 teens, ages 12 to 17 years. Well, okay. Have you seen that weird, uh, have you seen that ad uh, that's running in, I think it's like Blender and Rolling Stone or whatever, and it's, uh, and it's a picture of a girl posing in a bra and underwear? And then, I, and I forget exactly how the ad is set up, but the, the gist of it is that it's like some sort of a pullback they do in the ad where it's done in panel form. And the first shot, you just see her picture in her bra and underwear. And I guess she's supposed to be like an underage girl. And then it reveals that it's like her dad looking at the photograph because he like stumbled onto her profile somehow. And the ad just ends up being real. You end up just feeling real creepy about the, uh, about the dad, actually. Uh, let's do these calls and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, uh, Adam Baldwin's also here with Dexter Kim. I'm sorry? Adam Baldwin is also in Next of Kin. What is Next of Kin? Uh, Patrick Swayze flick, back in the 80s. Next of Kin? I don't even remember that film. Oh, what? my God. That was Helen Hunt, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt and Patrick Swayze did a movie together? Yes. Uh, Scotty apparently has seen it. Okay, please to explain what Next of Kin with Helen Hunt and Patrick Swayze is about. Give me the plot overview. Oh, basically, his brother comes, or one of his brothers get killed. In a delivery thing, Adam Baldwin kills his brother, uh-huh. and then his another brother comes um, from the backwoods or whatever, and he uh, goes through this whole gambit of uh, of uh, trying to contribute everything or whatever. Yeah. So, and then his other brother gets killed, and then he ends up killing the, the bad guy at the end. And then Helen Hunt is is there to do what? He's the wife of Patrick Swayze. All right, she's just there to look bony. Yeah. All right. Thank you. The only time Helen Hunt was ever hot, <coughs> pardon me, hot in my opinion, uh, was in the 80s when Helen Hunt was on uh, St. Elsewhere. And she played a female named, she played a girl named, she played a female. She was, a, her character was named Clancy. Uh, she played this girl named Clancy who dated Eric Morse's character, a boomer. Um, and that was the only time she ever looked hot. And then she just became all pointy after that. She's, she, it, she's like, a, she has a body made out of triangles. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. Hey. I heard you. This is Russ from North Dakota. Yes, Russ in North Dakota. Hello, sir. How's it going today? What's up? What's How's life in North Dakota, my friend? It's pretty good. Is it, does it suck? Is it cold? It's a little chilly today, yeah. Yeah, but you got all that booze there. 
Yeah, you, you're a big fan of our big big booze houses. Well, just that they have those liquor stores that are the size of barns. I mean, I've never... I know that everybody believes that the people who live in their town drink more than anywhere else. I mean, that's a thing. Just like everybody believes that their industry drinks more than all other industries. You talk to anybody and they'll go... Like, if you talk to a lawyer, they'll go, hey, nobody drinks like lawyers. You talk to cops, they go, nobody drinks like cops. I have to say this, just based on my limited experience in this country, the people in North Dakota drink more than anybody on planet Earth, except for perhaps the people in Sweden. It's very possible. So what's up? What, what do you got, brother? Uh, last week I heard you guys talking about Chuck Klosterman. Uh, oh, yeah, Killing Myself yeah. to Live. We're talking about Chuck Klosterman, who wrote Fargo, Rock City, Killing Myself just, to Live. I would... That's what I was going to ask you. Did you ever read Fargo Rock City? I did. Uh, I've told this story uh, once a long time ago, but I read Fargo Rock City, and it was a weird... I had seen the movie Almost Famous, and that had inspired me. I, it sort of triggered something, and I decided I, I decided to, to start working on this thing. I, it eventually became a movie. It was a stage play in a movie. I did this thing called Bigger Than Jesus, which is about growing up as a rock and roll fan in the 80s. So I'm... I'm about three-quarters of the way through the first draft of Bigger Than Jesus, which is, again, all about growing up as, like, an 80s metalhead. And around that time, somebody's like, hey, you got to read this book called Fargo Rock City. And I'm like, well, all right. And I got about two chapters into Fargo Rock City, and I was just like, okay, I have to quit reading this right now because we were covering a lot of the same ground, and I know how I work. I'm sort of like, you know, it's like you put something next to an onion in the fridge, and then everything tastes like onion. Stuff that I am reading or watching tends to filter its way into whatever else I'm doing. And so I had to put that book away until I was done uh, with Bigger Than Jesus, because I didn't want to be sort of ripping him off, which I sort of ended up not ripping off, but off, but we ended up talking about a whole lot of the same stuff anyway. But, yes, it's a great book. It really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's fantastic. I... I need to catch up on some of his other books, but... Uh, the only oh, one I've read is Fargo Rock City. Sarah read Killing Myself to Live and liked it quite a I lot. I liked it a lot. I have not read it. The weird thing about it is, and again, in, in, please let me just say, for the record, in no way am I saying uh, that uh, that any of this came from me. I'm absolutely not saying that. But it is sort of weird to think about the fact that at the time my show was on in Fargo, which is not a big town, and not a whole lot of radio options there, that at the time he was preparing and then writing Fargo Rock City uh, in Fargo, uh, my show was on there, and we did all kinds of shows about, you know, uh, 80s rock and growing up as an 80s kid. So it is weird that we're on sort of a parallel track, uh, Chuck Klosterman and I, in some ways. So, excellent. Well, I'm glad glad life is working out for you there, sir. Yeah, that's, that's how I turned on to you is that the radio sucks so bad at Fargo and yeah no I still have I still have my shirt from uh, 96.5 or whatever with Ben and Jim in the morning yep 96 yeah something no, like that Fargo they're not was... around anymore no they're gone Fargo yeah. was great thank you sir yeah, thank you, you for listening alright there you go alright uh, we got a break we're so late here so very very late it's unbelievably late all right. Tim will have more news for us. Won't you, Tim? Almost assuredly so. All right. Uh, more news from Tim. Top five goodbye songs. We'll talk to Scotty J, who's departing us at the end of the week. Uh, what else? Jim Roop will join us later on with Madonna News and so forth. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show on AM 70. Solid State Radio. Don't go anywhere. Rick Emerson radio program coming up later on. Top five goodbye songs. Jim Root from Los Angeles. Uh, 
just a second, we'll bring Scotty J into the studio and have speaks with him since he's uh, he's getting ready to leave. This is going to be his last week with us. Moving on to bigger, better, bolder, brighter things. Uh, but first, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So apparently, the uh, the big terrorist drill isn't affecting anybody. We haven't heard any bad things happening. All so. we've got, let's see, we've got one guy here. I think this is uh, Mike. Mike, hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, what's it? Are you at the disaster drill? I'm at the disaster drill. What seems to be happening? It seems to be shutting down. Uh, <laughs> going home early for the day. That's pretty much uh, what's going on. Uh, they have. It's been so screwed up that uh, things are so out of hand that they're, they're saying, well, maybe we won't continue with this much longer. Well, that's comforting. <laughs> what type of lunch was served? What? What were you? Of lunch. Yeah. Well, what was? What and, and what were the, you doing uh, there? The uh, American Red Cross is here, and they're handing out water, and they're hang, handing out sack lunches. What were you? What, what was your purpose there? Why were you? I there? was transporting victims to area hospitals. These Did are fake, make it? fake victims to fake hospitals. No, fake victims to real hospitals. To real hospitals. Oh. To which hospitals? And, uh, I went to St. Vincent's, and there, and you get to St. Vincent's, and they have the decontamination stuff set up, and they take these people through just like they're real casualties. Do you so. feel prepared so that in the event of an actual emergency, you would know exactly what to do? No. Okay. Now, no. Will, no. will there be uh, no mistakes that these are fake victims not needing real medical treatment? Yeah, did the hospital well, know they were all fake victims? Well, what's funny about it is <laughs> That's at, what's funny about at, it. At, at 8 o'clock this morning, <laughs> They had 275 victims laid out all over Portland International Raceway because of this bomb. They have been laying in the in the mud and the rain and the cold since eight o'clock this morning. Oh. So these people are getting on are are being transported and they've got partial hypothermia. What is in it for these people to do this? Why like extras? I was going to say they're these like unfortunate SAG members. No, there's a they lot of email. Guys, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of people from the nursing schools and from the fire Oh, uh, You know what schools. these are? These are like promo team members. These are like street team members. Look, yeah. you're going to go lay in the dirt for six hours. Yeah, and you've got some high school kids, and you've got all kinds of people. So, Lucky uh, them. Yeah, and they're freezing out there, man. I, oh God, it's just awful. So. Uh, well, this is going on until Friday, so yeah, I was going to lay there for another couple of days. What are you doing for the next couple of days? Because, yeah, this goes on all the way through the end of the week. Well, our portion of it's done today. I don't know what they're doing tomorrow. All right. What about I'm those left behind? Yeah. No. But but as far as traffic on I-5 and everything, it's not affecting it at all. Maybe so. they should do one where they're preparing for the rapture. You know what I mean? Just for well, what happens when Jesus comes and vanishes people out of their cars. They have so much emergency equipment that they have so much redundant equipment just sitting around doing nothing. That, yeah. Uh, and everybody's getting paid overtime for it. Well, that's wonderful. Of course, you can't use. If they give you five million dollars. You got to use it all. You got to use every cent of it. All so. right. Thank you, so, sir. So the world is safe. All they right, need to dress friend. up somebody as Bigfoot. There you go. Thank you, sir. I said Godzilla yesterday. Thank you, my friend. Uh, I said we ought to have somebody go down there like Godzilla and start kicking over buildings. All right, you're still they're all lying there in the mud, in the rain. Wouldn't they be freaked out if if somebody just lying there as an extra and suddenly you see a gigantic lizard coming and stomping on everything? That would be great. It really would. All right. Uh, well, the White House is uh, stepping around critical comments by General Sanchez. He's the former U.S. commander in Iraq. Uh, he says things are going horribly wrong there. As a matter of fact, there's no end in sight. Well, the new White House press secretary, as long as she keeps his job, Dana Perino, cites uh, there is uh, lots of progress going on in Iraq, but uh, nobody is, has been uh, really talking about it very much. Dana? Anyone who had been there before and believe it 
that there had been um, you know, the problems that they saw, the president wasn't satisfied with the <laughs> evening. That's one of the reasons that General Petraeus was asked to come up and implement the president's plan. Who's that talking in the background? Helen Thomas. She, she doesn't know where she is. <laughs> she, think, she thinks she's at lunch. Right. Let's do that. I needed locks. All right. That, in the meantime, things are going so well that Iraq has demanded Blackwater leave the country. They demand this every day, but nobody seems to be listening. Really? I think Iraqis uh, demand a whole lot of things that we don't pay attention to. But quit killing us by it, the thousands. Is, no. a, is Iraq a person? Is it, is it uh, a group? It just says know. Iraq demands. Who are these? What is this Iraq demanding anything? <laughs> you'll, you'll take what we give you and like it. Uh, meanwhile, let's uh, talk more about... Speaking of... Uh, speaking of, I'm sorry, I just I, 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 the whole train of thought inside my head. Here's Tim Riley. So now we're hearing rumors that Jennifer Aniston is in town filming a motion picture. Oh, uh, well, yeah, well, Where we had she? that a couple of days ago, but I don't know the deal. Yes, yeah, so my friend, um, uh, listener Eloise, who was the one who actually uh, went and saw, saw Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, said that she's filming in a building uh, two blocks down from her work. What street would that be? I think I looked up the name of her business. Oh, attention, stalkers. Where could I buy a knife? I looked up the name of her business. And it looks like it's in Beaverton. Oh, okay. That could Somewhere be anywhere. in Beaverton. Beaverton's a big place. Oh, God. You it know, is. I, I just got another air check from Budman and Booger. Good God. i got to change my email They're address. Desperate. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Saying $25 million is not a law enough, Oklahoma's lone Democratic congressman has filed legislation for a $500 reward for the capture or death of Osama bin Laden. Uh, Dan Boren said he can't imagine someone opposing the idea, given the enormous amount the U.S. is spending in other parts of the world. We're the most powerful country on the planet, and the fact that we're not able to capture him or kill him, you know, has caused great concern, I think, not only among members of Congress, but I think the entire country. Didn't he just call us a few minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, Boren says getting Osama bin Laden means a lot, even if the 9-11 mastermind isn't the terrorist influence he once was. A lot of the intelligence reports say maybe he's not so so engaged, but the fact it's a psychological blow to our enemies and to the entire network. We need to kill somebody. He sounds, he sounds, I mean, we've got all these guns. Yeah. No, he just sounds really listless about the whole thing. Like, he couldn't possibly be, be less. <laughs> the yeah, land of listlessness. You, you just, it blows dust in your face every day. <laughs> the oh, land no. of listlessness. All right. It's a big dust bowl. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Well, we have no time to talk to Scotty. We'll have to do it after uh, Roop. Let's do a couple more. We'll break. We'll come back with Jim Roop and then uh, Scotty James. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe. It's the exciting ninth season of America's Next Top Model. Well, let me get my chair. In the last episode, 20-year-old Connecticut native Victoria was eliminated for a lack of charisma. I sort of saw it coming a long time in advance, especially when I'm with the bottom two, with, with Celicia, who bursted the tears. I'm like, eh, you know, I hope I get eliminated because, you know, this girl obviously wants it more than me. So more power to them and, and more power to the judges. She had no modeling experience at all. For some of the girls on the show, this was their dream since they were six years old. But, you know, I wanted to be a, an astronaut or a mathematician or a historian. Yeah. And Instead, I'm showing my breasts on television. Run with it and see what happened. Tim, yeah. what's her name? I want to Google her. She sounds really great. Her name is... Is... Victoria. <laughs> Victoria. Good luck with that. Have fun. She has no last name. No, great. Her you parents, let, us, let us know when you find her picture. Her parents didn't give her one. Yeah, all right. She liked charisma. Uh, is that her parents <laughs> saying that? She's a Connecticut native. She was uh, an interesting child, but lacked charisma. We gave her away. We put her in a box on the corner in the free pile. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. 
uh, Kiss Timothy, uh, the guy who was the extra in the Into the Wild movie, keyboard dude. Yeah, sir. Anyways, uh, I was in the movie with Jennifer uh, on Thursday. We had Oaks Park closed down, and I was in a couple scenes with Steve Zahn. Really? And, and uh, I got to walk past uh, Jennifer about 17 takes. I do. I dig Steve Zahn. I really do. Yeah, me too. He's a yeah. really nice guy, and he's a really good actor. I, I've only seen him in a couple movies, but real down to a character. And, uh, uh, and this may be a little creepy, but uh, Jennifer smells real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think that could be creepy? Do you suppose? <laughs> Well, she bumped into me during one of the one of the takes, and the casting director warned us beforehand: don't contact her, don't make any um, you know uh, advances towards her, or her 15 foot um, uh, bodyguard will pull a piece out on you. So when she bumped into me and said sorry, I averted my eyes, looked into her like a little puppy dog, like a deer within a in front of the. Um, Headlights and said, "No, it's okay. Thank you, Jen." You're like lilacs. So, what did she? Was she? Was she very beautiful in person? Your skin feels oh, like was, butter on my was, tongue. She was beautiful. She, she was wearing a leather jacket, so we couldn't see her body, but she is just stunning. You won't be able to see that until you cut that jacket off. <laughs> I'll tell you. Her you got to work at the airport was, for that. <laughs> her body double was even cuter than she was, though. Be sure you mention that to her in person. You know your body and double is. I didn't is tell her that I was in the movie with her ex-boyfriend, Vince Vaughn, either. I no, thought that that would be not very prudent. No, that would be wrong, sir. Yeah. All right, thank you. Hey, have a good day, okay. kid. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I want to make your hair into a pillow. And she uh, smelled like an autumn morning. <laughs> Couldn't really see your body. <laughs> Not with all those clothes on. You know, I like the kind of trash you throw away. I was kind of interested in you, Yuckleheads, are like talking over him. I couldn't even hear what he said. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, we should find out where she is. We need to get someone to take a picture of her. Who? Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Brad maybe going to be driving her around? I think so. We heard the rumor that Brad the car guy was driving her around, but I don't really know that that's the case. All right. Uh, what are we? Uh, what are we doing here? I don't know. Let's do Go one more. Aztec basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> Which really is more like Quidditch than anything else, having read the rules. And I love the idea that the, the people who re- insist on referring to it as a sport, when from everything we've said, it was played by cutting off the heads of people and tossing them through baskets. I don't really know that that qualifies as a sport, like in the most traditional sense. I I don't really know that that's going to be on like ESPN5 or something. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Two girls in a Florida high school were booted from a football game for painting their bodies to show school spirit, even though the boys with painted bodies were allowed to stay. Uh, let's see, both were kicked out of the game in the first quarter. People think uh, what we did was, well, something rebellious teenagers did. We did it because we wanted to show school spirit, said Monica. That's all we did it for. School district policy states it is up to administrators to decide whether something is inappropriate or not. In this case, the principal decided the girls' outfits were not appropriate. Once the girls came in, there were a number of people who came up to the principal, the assistant principal, other administrators who were very upset over their appearance. We've never had complaints about the men or the boys. It took uh, two hours to uh, paint our bodies, and we came with school spirit. So apparently they were they were naked and, and painted themselves up. Oh, these are girls? These are girls, oh, I, yeah. I wasn't listening to the beginning of the story. I thought this is just the usual overweight jackasses who were drawing some sort of logo on there. No, this is the overweight jackass story. Now, these girls aren't naked. I was promised naked girls in this story, Tim. Wait, no, these girls are 17. I'm not interested in seeing these girls naked at all in any way. Well, that's why they're not naked. Yeah, no, they're not naked. They're, no, these are the, their girls they are covered. themselves. But they thought they were naked. Okay. 
Well, the girls have painted bodies, but they're not naked because that would be improper. They are, in fact, only 17. And so in no way am I interested in seeing Monica Cummings naked. Mm-hmm. Just uh, do all that in your head. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I have two questions. First of all, why does Jennifer Aniston need a body double? Maybe I just don't understand Hollywood. Well, perhaps there is nudity involved, and I don't think she's ever done nudity except that kind of side shot of her buttocks on the cover of Rolling Stone and sort of paparazzi shot. She's never in a movie. I don't think she's ever been naked in a movie. Okay. So yeah. that's like uh Well, if they're showing the back of her head in the shot, there's no reason for her to be there. That's true. Offset relaxing. That is oh, also okay. true, that if you can't see her face, it's just a profile of the back of her head. She can just be in the trailer sleeping it off or whatever, and they got some, you know, some woman on stage that pretends to be her, yes. Because I'm certain that she's overworked. Um, okay. Is it, <laughs> yes. Okay. Is it, uh, is it too early for a Randy Rhodes poor joke? Uh, I, suppose. I don't know. Is it too soon, Sarah? No. You're the arbiter of all things Randy Rhodes. I don't even know who she is. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so free with it. I don't. No, neither listen. does the radio listening public. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. No, Go that ahead. Wasn't nice. Well, um, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you some time to, uh, to think about it here. Okay. All right. This is a, Let's see here. Hold on. Now, do you still feel like this is a joke you ought to tell? Uh, probably not. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. All right. <laughs> that's only the second time that's ever happened. Yeah, no, but sometimes, you know, sometimes they have more, uh, they, they have really more on the stick than you, than you think they're going to have. They, they come to the conclusion that, that it is just too soon. All right. Uh, well, let's break here. We'll come back around the corner. Jim Roof will talk to us about Britney Spears and Madonna. Uh, we'll talk to Scotty J, who is leaving us at the end of the week. This is Scotty's last week with the program. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, Tim Riley has more news. And, uh, oh, and I, I haven't ever told you about this Ozzy Osbourne artifact that I got this morning. Ozzy Osbourne was, at the, uh, was next door. He was in the building right next door to our studio today. And uh, we'll talk more about that. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. Because he's picking her up, or, or he would be, theoretically. All right. The other guy was just creepy. She walked by and smelled lovely. I think that's another thing, Sarah, that you can say that a guy can't. What, that somebody smells lovely? Yeah, like if you like if we had a male guest in the studio, and he smelled good, had a good smell on him, uh, you could make that observation, and it wouldn't be creepy. Like if we, let's say, Michael Ian Black, for example, if he'd been in the studio with us and he had had a good smell, good scent, like a good cologne or whatever, you could say that. you go, hey, that guy smells great. Uh, you know what? But if I, I said that about a woman, it would just come off as all kinds of weird. I don't usually talk about the way people smell. But I'm saying you bad. could, though. I'm saying you could. A woman can comment. Well, maybe the reason that women can is because they don't. I suppose. Now, I don't even know what we're talking about. Uh, it's 503-733-297. They, all right, so we got the – so Jim, Jim Roop is going to be talking to us here in a few. We've got this top five that we may or may not get to here. Oh, Scotty, I see that you removed something from this. What did you remove? I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see what did you took you off the list. It? No, well, I guess it's not that important because I don't even recognize what he's taken off the list, so I guess it's not – I guess it's not that bad. He took something off the... Really? Honestly, you're making that the honorable mention? Fine, fine, fine. Not going to worry about it. 
Uh, so we'll talk to Jim Rupin here in just a few about uh, Madonna e. Britney Spears. Uh, what else? Uh, Tim Riley coming back at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Scotty J. In fact, we should probably uh, do that now while I'm sort of thinking about it. Let's uh, now welcome to the... Scotty J. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me... Good morning, Metolius. Hello, Scotty J. Well, Scotty. good afternoon, Rick. Hey, what's Sarah? up? Hi, Scotty. Right, oh, Scott. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Jim Roop here in a few, but I did want to bring you in. Oh, i got to talk about the Aussie thing, too. Um, so, okay. So people have asked us uh, about your, because we've mentioned that this is the last week you're going to be on the show. You're going to be leaving as of this Friday. This Friday will be your final day with us. And yes. I had mentioned that you were going on to bigger, better, bolder, brighter things. But and... that's a lie. But anyways, yes. <laughs> is that a little bit of truth covered in joke? I'm picking up where I left off in my drinking career. <laughs> you, sound really, you sound really happy about this, Scotty. You sound really excited about the future. Thanks for making this segment just a big up. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. That's wonderful. Um, so, it, but you, but there is simply... Uh, well, we've all, we've never made any uh, secret of the fact that uh, radio uh, for the for most people in radio and for the most of the the career of those people it just pays badly. You got to work hard for a long time. You are so diplomatic. But I know I'm dying, so I gotta you know move on. No, I'm kidding. I'm not dying, but I will die. Someday. I'm beginning to think this whole bit was a mistake. <laughs> every, so, everything, everything we're saying, you're just like, yes, well, because of, because so, Scotty, of it's the rain pitiful outside. chasm of That's blackness enveloping me. So, Scotty, would you say that the main reason that you're leaving the show, like the main one out of all the other reasons, is out of financial necessity, or is it against maybe somebody? Is it a person, or is it like finances? It's finances, 100 percent. So they say, well, radio just doesn't pay well for most people, and even even the people who are paid well in radio, uh, you spend a lot of your life before you reach that level. That's the even the people, even when you make a good salary in radio, you Correct. spend about eighty percent of your career making it crap before you ever get to the point where you you look at you and go, hey, I'm actually being paid well. Right, and unfortunately, I changed careers, you know, at a mid. In the life. autumn of your in the <laughs> autumn of your years, exactly. Yes. And uh, I need to, you know, uh, basically, here's what it is. I mean, we'll I, now take. I, by I, the way, we will now take guesses from the audience as to what your new career is going to okay. be. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. It is ask Scotty J what his new career is going to be. We'll see if anybody can guess it. It's five zero three. Uh, 733 if you have an idea about what Scotty J will be doing when he leaves radio as of this Friday. Right. Now, I depend solely on the real estate market to make it in my radio career, and real estate is kind <laughs> sorry, of I don't mean in to laugh. Tank, so really? a little bit buy of a, a house. That's a, all I can say. A little bit of an adjustment going on in the marketplace right now? Yes, adjustable marketing. Well, and, I mean, and uh, I know your wife has been giving it a real go with being a realtor, but it is, as they say, uh, it's a challenging time. Right. We had a good five years, let's put it that way. You know, in the J is household. This, is this a, uh, let me ask you this, is this like in a divorce statement when you, you split up with a woman and then there's that whole thing about you have to give her X amount of alimony every month because there is a standard of living to which she has become accustomed? Is there just a standard of living to which uh, the J family has become accustomed? <laughs> yes, and it's expensive. I'm just realizing that. I just don't understand how it can be worse now than when you worked for us for free. Well, probably because <laughs> I have really two houses. True. Because and... now you're making money. That's true, because you actually are making something now. I mean, it's almost like working for free, but not quite. But I mean, you did for a long time work for quite literally nothing. Right. And the deal is this. I had a good six months worth of savings stacked up, and uh, you know, 
for some unknown reason, people in Oregon, you know, I think it's across the United States, but people in Oregon just stopped buying houses for no reason. It was because of you. I'll buy a house. Uh, I, we know. I just did. Yeah, everybody stopped buying a house <laughs> so except you, the guy with no money. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't understand. Have any money. Today is the right day were to buy a house. Were you trying to be a trendsetter? Were you trying to prime the pump? <laughs> yes. Were you trying to kickstart the market by buying a $700,000 house? A couple months ago, I said, buy real estate. Didn't work. Yeah. There's no reason to not do it because if guys like me who are selling their second yeah. house that they're trying to get rid of, uh-huh. I'll just liquidate it. You know, so it's the best time for you as a buyer to buy. But I do personally. You, you can't peddle your wares here. Oh, I'm You're not. Still... I don't. I don't do real estate. I'm not a realtor. The wife does. I appreciate Ooh. the fact that on the way out the door, you're still trying to convince me to buy a house, <laughs> when in fact your new house, no offense, is the reason you have to leave. I know where you can get a good deal, right? Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that you do. Uh, all right, so uh, all right. Well, let's get a couple of these calls, and then we'll talk to Jim Roop. I see. Uh, I believe that's Roop on hold there, so we'll we'll get him in just a second. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Yeah, hey, I'm wondering if Scotty got a job in the candy industry as a fudge packer. No. No. Bye now. Sorry. No. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Yeah, is he going to be a porn star janitor? I don't think any of these calls are going to be serious. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, he's going into sales, isn't he? Scotty. Uh, yes. Auto sales? No. No? That was a long... Mm. No. no. It's not... Corporate finance? Hey, you only get one guess, sir. Yep. Uh, <laughs> auto finance. Auto finance. F&I guy. Auto finance, Scotty? I've thought of that before, but no. I have thought of that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Scotty is going to be a topless accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good guess. Uh, two more, and then we'll talk to Jim Roop. Uh, let's see. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, is uh, Scotty going to be cleaning the uh, restrooms at the peep shows? <laughs> no. Okay. No. No. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Final call before Jim Roop. Hello. Um, I was going to say, just use the Car- uh, Eric Cartman line. Uh, if he could get a job drinking scotch, he'd be a millionaire. <laughs> hey, there's a great idea. Right. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. You can stick around, Scotty. From Los Angeles. CNN Radio Correspondent to the Stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy. What's... Am I to understand that uh, Scotty J is leaving the show? Yes, he is. This is actually going to be his final week with us. Uh, Friday... When was that announcement made? Uh, Monday, yesterday, oh, well, we announced that. Uh, I don't know. Where, where, where were you? I don't know. You didn't You didn't tell me when I was on. I'm sorry. I thought he might have talked to you when he was talking to you. No, he never you. talks to me. Really? Is that yes, true? I do. He just kind of grunts. That's why we're getting rid of him. That says, you again? <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Jim, I'm going to pick up where I left off on my drinking career. So. <laughs> All right. You have to quit saying You have to quit you recycling yeah, your jokes. Jim didn't get it here. I, I haven't heard it. To me, it's the first time. Well, there you go. That's you think Bill thing. Cosby uses a line once? That's yeah. true. You file them away. Uh, that's the thing, Scotty. Go just call random people on the phone book who haven't heard your material and use it on there. <laughs> Hello, I'm Scotty J. I'm quitting to start my drinking career. Next. And, you know, start with A, B. Uh, no, this is, uh, the, the, he is not being asked to leave. Scotty is opting uh, to leave the warm, loving embrace of CBS Radio uh, and is moving into, I don't, we're not exactly sure what it is. Uh, we're having the audience guess at it. But he is moving into a non-radio career. Because because uh, you know because radio because radio basically just pays you in the uh, you know in bags of dog feed. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. So I'm guessing his wife has a lot to do with his his exit. Is that true? Well, <laughs> that was, boy, it depends on what way. Did you, you hear know? that, Sarah? 
I know. Well, well uh, what way would that be, Scotty? Well, she was the breadwinner for me to do this career, and the bread is not being won at but, the moment. But, so. I mean, did you hear just the way Jim cut right through everything, and he said, because I said radio pays badly, and Jim just said, yeah, but it's a lot of fun, which makes me think this is the wife. Yep. Right. My wife would never make me quit my dream as long as we can afford it. No, she would never make you quit. She would make you think it's your idea to quit. That's what women do. What they do, babe. They get in, their, they get in the brain like, like, like an amoeba, and, and they just eat away at it until they form the brain to the way they want it, and so that it thinks the way they want it to think. And so you think, really, you're in control of your life, and you're making this decision to exit the show and, and start a new career, when really your wife is in the background going, Get the hell out of there now, and get a career that pays money. Oh my God, Jim! I need a I need a shrink now. I thought I had the world by you know. Jesus, it's like I'm watching a documentary unfold right in front of my eyes. Because you know what? Here's the I, thing. I've been around a long time, son. Let me just say this, Jim. Without even knowing details or specifics of the situation, everything you just said, I instinctively know to be true. I think I speak for everyone that, and really, you know even fewer specifics than I do. And you just walked right into it, and you are like a doctor who came in. I've heard this story before by guys in the business. So whatever happens to those guys in the business? They wind up selling insurance, or, or they get the real estate license. Oh, let's get the real estate license and sell houses. Oh, I know. And they talk about like that, that one time a long time ago when they were on the radio. Uh, yeah, usually the retired guys get the real estate license. The guys who leave when they haven't even really started their career yet, they sell insurance. What about cars? Yeah, yeah. Also horribly depressing all of a sudden. I'll tell you what you should do, man, is sell sell airtime. Sell something as intangible as air. I, now, if you can do that, you can do anything. I will say this, actually. I, I will, In my own defense, uh, the very... Well, first of all, uh, as, as we've talked about this before, whenever anybody comes to work on the program, and I think we probably even did this to Sarah, when anybody comes to work on the show, Tim and I always give them the long lecture about go into sales. Go into sales. Yep. Don't be on the air. Work in sales. Because that's really, for most people, where all the money is. Well, sales runs the company. I don't care how good Rick Emerson is. You've got to be able to pay him, so someone's got to be selling that air. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the guy who, and the guy who runs the company always comes from the sales side, yep. never the programming side. That's true. Uh, and so, so, Scotty, why don't you try and work in sales here? I suggested it. He didn't listen. The GM, the GM at one time was the GSM. Yes. Yeah. That's because I've, I've done yellow page sales. I've done intangible stuff before. It's, it's not an easy sale. Well, that's I mean, true, not, you know. But but plus, you if you sold for KCMD, just think how easy that would be for you. Think of it. You know the Emerson show. You believe in the product. And oh, you, you got to believe in sell? that product. That's a dynamite product you got there. You could sell that concept alone. I could totally see Scotty go and see Scotty. It's a product that you wouldn't need to feel bad about pitching because you would feel, you know, if this is sort of important to you morally, you would feel like you are actually it is the right thing to do. You are selling people on something in which you believe. Well, and if you already admitted that you want to go back into sales, why not sell something that you believe in? And you could still be creative in this business because you could help develop the commercials for the people to whom the air you're selling the air and 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 come up with some great stuff for them. And you'll be just down the hall from us, Scotty. That's it. We've made the decision for you. Okay. Well. You have to tell your wife that you're staying. Oh no, I'm tired. <laughs> I, because uh, you know, because otherwise, other, otherwise it is the Jedi mind trick. So and you, you know, honestly though, Scotty, I don't, I haven't known you very long, but you do have a great personality. You could Thanks, definitely, Jim. you could definitely sell. You oh, could definitely I, I sell know radio. I could sell radio. And let me just say this now: you don't realize, but this, Scotty, we were talking about this this morning. Uh, this sounds like an unrelated incident, but but Ozzy Osbourne was in the studio this morning, uh, right next door to us, and. I, it's not that I am star tr- starstruck as such, but I-, I am sort of 
hesitant sometimes to go in and shake my hand, get a picture, whatever, because I don't want to be that guy. Right, yeah. Uh, Scotty has no sense of personal boundaries, and he is fearless. And so Scotty just completely walks into that, and he's like, Ozzy, great to meet you. Can you voice this liner for the Rick Emerson Show? You're a sales guy, man. <laughs> You're a sales guy. Now, would your wife be cool with you still working at the radio station but not on the air? Well, I appreciate it, guys, but the, the reality is this. I mean, it, as, as much as I want to stick around, I These have... These are not the droids you're looking I for. I have an opportunity to uh, get 49% share of the company I'm moving to oh, in, in a certain period of time. So I am immediately suspicious of a company that is offering you forty nine percent. It'll be really. A, it'll take me five years to get. Does there. it rhyme with pets dot com? <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with puppets and pets dot com. Yes. Good lord. What? Well, they had a little sock puppet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> really, honestly, there's a company offering you fifty percent. Forty nine. Let me get, in let, five does, years. Does this company? Do they use? You're gonna the, be like almost fifty then. Do they use the phrase downline? I'll be forty five, Sarah. Does it rhyme with Herbalife? <laughs> That's the only companies Ever. I know that offer you 49% are either companies where you're sitting in the living room trying to sell boxes of subpar soap to somebody, or B, uh, it's a company in 1999 that has this great idea of selling socks over the Internet. Well, see, that's that's what I want to talk to you about, Rick. <laughs> Rick, would you like to make more money in just a few hours at home? Do you have friends and loved ones who would also like to buy reasonably priced made-in-America products? Hey, you're not, not going to be stuffing envelopes in, at home, are you? No. Really, I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, and you don't have to identify the company right now if you don't want to, but I mean... That what sort of reputable company? No disrespect, Scotty. Is this a relative of yours? <laughs> no. Is, is it somebody a friend? That you know? Is it somebody you went to college with or something? It's somebody that I worked with in the past. I'll tell you this. I would get something in writing oh, that in, yeah. in five years, if you don't have 49%, you have the monetary equivalent of. Are they yeah. Are you? Well, are they I demanding also, seed money I'm from you? I'm expected to perform Are you? Are they demanding myself. seed money from you? The, no, that's the thing is uh, I could I could pay money, which I've for the price of a pair of shoes. <laughs> I've, diminished, I've, de I've diminished my money because uh, the last three four months because of this a soul sucking job. No, we depleted savings uh, waiting you know for the big real estate deal that never happened. But and our house was supposed to sell. You know we took a gamble. Real estate's a gamble, and most of the time it's a good gamble. But anyways, uh, I'm expected to perform uh, sales wise in this company, or I won't be achieving. That's why it's set up in incremental levels. It starts out 30% share of the company. Wow. It, wait, wait, no, hold on. Starting out 30%, that's not bad. No, no, I as a signing, sorry, Jim. As a signing bonus, no. you're taking 30% of the company? Jim, that's that's not correct. It's it's oh. when I achieve a certain amount of sales, the start out will be Is this 30%. a guy selling things at the Compton Swap Meet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is he just selling CDs out of the back of his out of his back of his Torino? It has to do with uh, car stereos. No, it doesn't. Are you? Oh. Do you have to do like a door to door sales kind so of thing? I am so suspicious of magazines. This whole thing. <laughs> I am. Yeah, but you know what? I got to tell you, man. If, if, if he seems to be sold on it, and, and God love him, if he can if he can do what he says he can do, then more power to you. Babe. Here's a little story you should know about Scotty, though. Uh, about three weeks ago, some people came and knocked on Scotty's front door, <laughs> and they claimed that they were selling magazines to help quote special needs children and scotty said what magazines are you selling and they said well for example we're selling oprah magazine and scotty said well how much and they said well for like 65 dollars or whatever it was you can have a lifetime subscription 90. to oprah yeah for 90 dollars you can have a, a lifetime subscription to oprah's magazine that never ever runs out keep in mind they sell oprah's magazine for like six dollars a pop hmm. and they said 90 dollars and scotty said Really? And they said, yeah, we'll take a check right now for that, or you can give us your credit card information. 
And so Scotty, without even thinking, just handed over all his information for a lifetime subscription to this magazine, which, of course, even like a cursory examination of those logistics would have smelled something weird. And, then of course, the next day, who's on the news being arrested for magazine sales fraud? It would be those same people. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so Scotty is a... Uh, well, salesmen get uh, snowed by the Scotty salesmen. can be swindled. That's my only point. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, well, Scotty, well, I'm sure, Scotty, you've done the research on this, the due diligence. You know what you're getting into, correct? Yes. I did it for uh, uh, almost seven years before. Now, did you work for the same company? You didn't have 49% after seven years? No, this was a, a, a This large... was before they were offering that kind of stuff. Well, see, Scotty, didn't you make a... the decision to leave that kind of company? Why I, did you decide to leave in the first place? I left that company, but I'm going into a new company in the same industry. Oh. That's the deal. Why did you leave the first time around? Because I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm going to go into the business of selling now. I'm going to go into the business of selling alcohol to Scotty. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, well, Jim, let's talk a little bit about. Um, well, I, I have no segue here. Uh, blah blah blah. Madonna. Blah blah blah. Britney hey, Spears. Hey, that's a hell of a deal, isn't it? 150 million from Clear Channel, which are disguised as Live Nation, but Clear Channel. Um, and so this is is this she is this selling her her records and stuff or is it just the tour? Well, it, they, they just have a piece of the action. They get a piece of the concerts, the record sales, merchandising, everything. Now she gets fifty to sixty million up front. Now from what we understand, it's a ten year deal. So, and and I'm sure that Madonna will get better with age. She'll have to, because that's a lot of money that company has to make before it can turn a profit. Right. And I don't know, man, with the way the Internet has really kind of destroyed record sales, she has to, it's a three-album deal that they're involved in. Right. And she, that means she has to sell $15 million of each of those albums it to recoup that money. God, Plus, it, she still owes a, a new album and a greatest hits album to one of them. And I love Madonna. I really do. But she's not going to move those kind of records. So this has got to be maybe what they call in, uh, in Scotty's industry sales a lost leader, perhaps. They are paying this money for Madonna, knowing they'll never get it back. But she is the big fish that will lure other fish in. I, I, think, I think they're looking at ticket sales. Yeah. I mean, here, I mean, this guy wants to go head-to-head with Ticketron. Uh, you know, they own House of Blues. Uh, I think the Fillmore locations, Wembley Arena in London, um, a couple of other places. I mean, uh, this is a venue guy. This is live concerts. They want to make the money off of live concerts. So Madonna won't make any money there, but she's going to get her cash up front. You know, $50, $60 million, that ain't too shabby for a 50-year-old chick. Well, and i got to tell you, this if the record company is offering a lot of money right now, this is the time to take it because those offers are going to be gone, even if you are Madonna or Michael Jackson or Garth Brooks. Well, here's no. the thing. It's not a record company, remember. This guy's a promoter. This well, yeah. Live Nation. But, I mean, anything involved in, in, the, in the music business. True. Uh, those, the days of, God, like Robbie Williams, who is uh, not really big in America, but is a big British pop star. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Williams signed some $100 million record deal just like two years ago. And you know what? Th- th- those days are going and soon to be gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, no matter how many records you sell. I, when you got, you got, isn't it Coldplay or somebody that's... Uh... Has their album on the internet? Radiohead. I mean, Radiohead. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to pay. Well, you know, we we had these guys in the studio a couple of days ago. This local band called uh, the, the Britney song I sent you, Nickel Arcade. Those right, guys. Right, right, Great song, well produced, smart guys, write great songs. Clearly got a good head on their shoulders. They have it together. And I didn't really get a chance to ask him this, and I think later this week we might talk about this with some band guys. But I I, I gotta wonder how much trepidation there is if you are a band coming up now. 
because it was always a long shot. You know, even in 68, it was a long shot. But, I mean, it was a long shot with a huge potential payoff around the corner. Mm-hmm. And now, it, it seems to me, if you're if you're in a band and you're trying to do music as a living, as a career, it's no longer just a long shot. It's a long shot... That even if you even if you catch the brass ring, the ring isn't worth what it used to be. The ring is worth like ten cents on the dollar. Well, again, that's the internet. I mean, you got people posting on YouTube that are getting record deals. Yeah, no, it's just it's a weird time. It really is. Um, well, I don't really care about Britney Spears except to say that I saw her on the cover of People magazine. She looks all goofy. So yeah, yeah, she's kind of weird looking. So anyway, blah blah blah, and she's uh, the, she's not going to do any 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 time for this hit run thing. It's just no, be... no. This is a misdemeanor little little. You know, I mean, it's it's not a felony hit and run. Yeah. It was in a parking lot. Unless the she's unless she's going to be beaten in jail, I don't care about it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, really, Paris. Let's see if I can arrange that. Paris has set the standard. Uh, boy, let me just say this. Does anybody find it weird? And I know that you don't really care about the story, Jim, but that Lindsay Lohan is out of rehab and yet she's still in Utah, just hanging out. Well, the last I heard from her was a few days ago. I think she's countersuing whoever the guy is that's suing her. That's really? all I know. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So uh, it's just strange that she's out of that place, but I guess she's still just sort of sitting in Utah somewhere. Wouldn't it be great if, if uh, Lindsay Lohan... Maybe she's Lohan... converting to... That's what I'm going to say. If she decided that God was the answer to her problem, she becomes a Mormon, and then the next thing you know, she's just uh, having sex with Bill Paxton, you know, in a, in a, in a big uh, split-level home. Could be. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day. Are you on the rest of this week? Uh, yeah. Okay, so you will have a chance to speak to Scotty J before he goes. Though. Oh, very nice, yeah. All right. Hey, good uh, luck if I don't, though. Hey, well, thank you, Jim. Okay, All man. right, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. All right, there you go. Thank you. Uh, We've got to break. Oh, and then we have a little bit of breaking Britney news when we come back after this. Back in a moment, kids. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Oh, Scotty pointed something out, Sarah. That one time you did talk about that guy's hand that smelled really good. Talking about a black man you met at the club, and you're like, the black guy's hand smelled fantastic. That's true. That's true. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. Rick, does Scotty's company involve door-to-door magazine sales in the suburbs? Just thought I'd... That'll be the next thing. No, 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 sir. We're actually hiring. All right. Let me draw some circles for you. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. From the slave states come news that Dr. Dr. Bob Jones III... Doctor? Yes, the chancellor of that Christian university in Greenville, South Carolina, that bears his name... Chancellor? ...says he will support Mitt Romney and urges his followers to drink that same Kool-Aid. This is all about feeding Hillary. This is not about religion. <laughs> I am a Christian, and I am completely opposed to the doctrines of Mormonism. To the, to the but, what? Doctrines. Ah. But I am not voting for preacher. I am voting for president. Preacher? I barely knew her. It boils down to who can best represent conservative American beliefs, not religious beliefs. So all my followers vote for that Mormon fellow. That's not Tim Riley directing his followers just now. I have no followers. Yes, you do, Tim. I know you're a reluctant savior, but a savior nonetheless you are. Well, there is better news. Apple's leopard system goes on sale. Apple's leopard system? That's right. Leopard. Leopard. Okay. 
<laughs> you can ask for Apple's leper system. system. <laughs> and they're taking orders. It was originally due out in June, but Apple needed to divert resources so it could launch the much-anticipated iPhone on time. Uh, Leopard, which the company says will offer more than 300 new features, is the sixth major upgrade Apple has made to Mac OS X since the desktop operating system debuted in 2001. Leper? I barely knew her. Sorry. One of the new features is Boot Camp. That lets you install Microsoft Windows on Macs, but who wants that? Can I just tell you this? Yes. We're now uh, like two weeks after my XP upgrade, and I still can't get the computer to recognize that I have a disk drive or a DVD drive. As a matter of fact, last night, I bought a new Mac and had to transfer my old material to the new one. I simply used a firewire, attached it, and the whole process was over in a half an hour. All done. I Up swear to run. God, there's sometimes I want to set fire to you. I went from a G4 to a G5 effortlessly. The irony, of course, is that it is the XP upgrade. I, excre- I went from Windows 2000 Professional to XP Pro. It is the upgrade to XP that rendered my CD drive invisible to the computer, mm-hmm. and yet the update that did that was itself installed off of a CD. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't make any sense at all. And before people start emailing me and telling me to, to look for the, to, to install the driver... I barely knew her. I, the, the computer won't let me do that because the only place that it will let me look for a driver for the CD player or DVD player is on a CD or DVD. It, the, the function that lets me look in a specific folder for the driver, and I have the driver. That's the thing. I have the appropriate driver. In, um, in Tim's head right now, this is a whole lot of... I simply installed two cables and went down and had dinner. As I returned to my office, the whole procedure was completed without me touching a thing. Swear to God. Hmm. All right. I'm just saying I have the right driver, but the computer has grayed out the function that allows me to manually find the folder or select the driver by hand. The computer will only look for the driver on the CD or DVD, which I can't do because the computer doesn't recognize that I have a CD or a DVD. God damn, I hate Bill Gates. Oh. Oh, my rage is boiling over like so much tea in an overheated flask. Okay, sorry. Well, that leopard system seems better every moment, doesn't it? My hate is like a thousand suns right now. What was that? You were rattling paper for no reason. Well, let's talk about the YouTube. It has unveiled some anti-piracy filters. They rolled out long-awaited technology to automatically remove copyrighted clips. Can I just say this? You tried to send me a YouTube clip yesterday, and it wouldn't it wouldn't open. I didn't send you anything. You did. Yes, you did. I did not. You did. I didn't. You did. No. <laughs> <laughs> Miss me. Let me look. I'm it, Tim. It, it's somebody masquerading as me. Really? Yes. Who? I would not send you a YouTube clip. <laughs> really? No. Okay. Now, I did I'm, not. I believe you when you say that. But I, I know what I send. I've sent you nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I'm just pointing out, though, you may want to look into that, though, because because I'm looking well, at this here. you can write anybody's name. No, 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 because I am looking at this here, mm-hmm. uh, and it says, uh, let's see. Th- did you send me something about the WSMM building? That was a long time ago. Okay. That was like a month ago. Mon- That's about YouTube. M- Monday, October 15th. Now, listen to me now. It finally came in? Monday, October 15th, you have received blah, 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 WSMM building. Okay, now right below that, mm-hmm. Monday, October 15th. From Timothy J. Riley, you have received a YouTube video from Tim Riley. I didn't send one. It's right here, and it, it, what it, is it? claims to be from. Well, that's the thing. It claims to be from your CBS email address. 
And uh, the thing no. is, when I when I click on it though, it says it won't play because of terms of use violations. I did not send you a video. Well, who who would have sent this? And it, nobody here. The thing who? is, it, no. But listen now, it's to an email address that other people don't have. It's to my private email address. That is strange. It is to my private email address from your CVS address. And, it, from my and it, it is a and it says this video has been removed due to terms of use of violation. Or due to yeah, terms of use violation. So now it's a mystery, now I'll never know. You, that's right, you'll never know. You swear that you did not send me a YouTube video no. yesterday. Well that's weird then. No. Sounds strange. Okay, well fair enough. It didn't happen. Okay. I Okay, fine. I'm just saying it's very puzzling. Well, the filtering tools are designed so the owners of copyrighted video can block the material from appearing on YouTube. Uh, to find and remove copyrighted music, YouTube already uses separate filtering tools developed by Los Gatos-based Audible Magic Corporation. YouTube's previous lack of copyrighted protections from video prompted Viacom, which was stupid, to sue for a billion dollars <laughs> for showing thousands of clips that automatically would not be seen by anyone, that would not help promote their products whatsoever no. to people who might go out and buy them. And it's always a good idea to do everything you can to alienate your customer base. And, and when, in, when in doubt, sue your customer base as well. Take your customers to court and sue them for trying to enjoy your products. This YouTube thing is just a passing fence. All right. That's it for now. All right. I'm back to the newsroom. All right. It says right here, Timothy J. Riley has sent you a YouTube video. No. Yes, Oh, by the way, I almost forget the most important thing. Uh huh. Britney's mugshot will not be released, according oh. to LAPD. What the hell? It's a public record. Yeah. It's a matter of public record. It'll come out. I mean, yeah, well, you know what? That Mel Gibson thing never came out. You know, to, the, to this day, we've never heard the, the recording of Mel Gibson screaming about Jews. So, you know? Well, it probably wouldn't be that good anyway, because, yeah, she didn't have a lot of time to print beforehand. I mean, how much clout could, uh, could Britney possibly have at this point to keep that thing locked up? I mean, there's... Uh, well, whatever. All right. Uh... The ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. He'll be sending you a YouTube video any moment now. Uh, he'll be back at the 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour of the way through Like Us. Uh, we'll get some of these, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Yeah, uh, I got an idea about uh, Scotty J's new occupation. I think that since he's uh, been working in radio, he needed some uh, job security, so he went to work for Blackwater. Do we have a buzzer or some sort of a penalty? Should we bring Scotty J back in here? Yeah, let's, uh, hold on. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. I wish I knew how to quit you. I wish I had some sort of a timeout sounder to play. Good morning, Matolia. All right, let's try another one. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hey. Uh, you've been complaining about your computer for a while? Yes, I have. I seem to kind of recall that there was somebody who could do something about that, but I think I might be too geeky to know about them. <laughs> <laughs> Good reference, sir. Excellent. God, I, you know, can I tell you this? I actually thought about calling them, and then I decided against it. Aw. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There you go. Uh, hello, Scotty J. Hey, how's it going, Rick? You sound all weirdly. He does. Shiver. I think he finally realized that he was duped. Yes. <laughs> that your was wife, I duped? Your wife gave you the Jedi, the Jedi mind trick. 
She totally did the Obi-Wan that you don't need to see our identification. <laughs> Those people don't care about you. I care about you. That show is bad for you, Scotty. <laughs> for you, They're Scotty. not your family. We're your family. All they do is give you alcohol. And, and you get to meet minor celebrities and have a really good time and love what you do every day. Like Ozzy Osbourne. Totally. No. Well, that's a major. Uh, I was just thinking of vanilla and his ice. Hi, you're on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, okay. No, the um, well, who? Okay, yes. I was going to help you out with that Windows Vista. Yeah. Ow. Okay. Now, there's a couple of different ways you can, you say you've got the driver on a CD. Yeah. Okay. Now, the way to get that to keep your computer is you could email the driver from work to home, and then open and open up the email at, at home and download it to your hard drive. Why does Bill Gates have to make everything so hard? Why does he hate me? That's not that hard, but then also a little bit harder is if you have another computer at home, like your wife's computer or something like that. My wife. You could right-click on her computer and share it on the network, and then you could actually put the CD into her computer and go uh, follow the links on the network and download it that way. Well, let me ask you this. That driver, uh, driver, if I just, uh, if I, what about this? Because I've got it on my computer. Uh, I, I, it just it's on my desktop actually. The computer just won't let me point to it and click it. It it, it insists the driver has to be on a CD-ROM. Well, let me ask you this: What if I email it just to myself from home? In other words, uh, if I use like a web-based email, just send it as an attachment from the desktop to myself and then open it from the email. That might work, don't you think? Well, you mean, but you don't have a CD. You mean use your wife's computer? I, I don't know. I don't even know what right. I'm asking yeah. anymore. What you need to do is just get the Get the driver off of that CD either at work or on somebody else's computer. Then do a web-based email, email it to yourself, right. and open up that web-based email at home and download that driver. And you'll have the driver on the computer, and then you can load it up, and it should recognize it, hopefully, and uh, you'll be running. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I wish someone would come and kill me. Uh, all you, right. You can send it to your website. I don't know. You I see? Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to go back to using it. I'm just sketching rocks and sticks. All right, do we have to break? Yes. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back after this. More of Scotty J. We'll wrap it up around the corner. Like is at 3, uh, down and Mike at 7, and so forth. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. I don't think you can use that phrase anymore. Wheel and deal. <laughs> It is kind of slimy salesman-like, isn't it? Yes, it is. Are you just preparing? You're, just getting, in, you're getting in the in the groove. You're getting in the zone. I had to go buy some of that blue gel at the at the grocery oh. store for the hair. What? What? Get all greased up for my new job. <laughs> Scotty J, please step back. Scotty J, thing. I need to get greased up for my new job. Okay, and it's kind of like I'll nude job, by the way. Oh, by the way, Aaron Geek in the City Durant says, Hey, I want you to know I just bought some property. Just not from Scotty or his wife. Bye. See, that's <laughs> excellent, though. I think yes. it's a great thing. Sure. Helping boost the economy. Yeah. I'm, everything's going to turn around tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow, Scotty. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, is this me? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, hey, Scotty's not doing his job, man. No podcast. Yeah, Scotty. No, we had a problem earlier. No, there's it's, a. It's been rectified. It'll be up. Yeah. We'll. Uh, he's we're. Just, we're he's, just, he's just deserting us. So yeah, he's already now. checked out mentally. He we're deglitchifying <laughs> yeah. as we speak. He so. is deserting us. What's well, yeah. the only way I can listen to the show, man? So come on. Well, we'll get on it. Okay. Thank you, sir. 
All right, final call for the day. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, I'll need uh, 20 pounds of laundry soap and 107 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> Is that going to be cool? Is this an Amway reference, sir? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking something like that. I mean, it's got to be a pyramid at the top of something, right? I can stay then. Scotty, is, we don't have to call 20,000 things of toilet paper, I'm in. Scotty, are there, are there multiple levels to this marketing that you're going to be taking part in? No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. You start with 30, you go to 40, then to 49. It sounds to me like you're, uh, you're, you're building something there. Hey, Scotty, are you building a downline? <laughs> no, I'm trying to build a corporation and gain percentage of the corporation. That's the deal. Well, good luck, Scotty. All right. We're going to miss you. you. There Thank we go. you. Thank Bye. you, sir. All right, there you go. All right. Uh, how long till the music starts here? Uh, ten seconds. All right. Scotty? Yes, sir. Well, we've got three more days. I can ask you for famous last words, but we can only have three days. All right. Uh, what are we going to do come Monday? Yeah, I don't know. Sit around. Make some coffee yourselves. Oh, that's not going to happen. Oh, oh, no. I don't think. I think you all know that's not going to take place. We'll find somebody else. We'll find somebody. Find one of the street teamers to come in to do that. All right. All right. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, as well as Steve Kastenbaum, James Roop. And uh, whatnot. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan for Egg of Night, 70 Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley, the PA Scotty J, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Like us next, Don and Mike at 7. Of course, we'll see you tomorrow at 11 a.m. following the Dennis Miller program. Be safe. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Watch out for snakes and so forth. Uh, see you all tomorrow. Bye now. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. Emerson.